0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zubi. My name is Zubi, and I have got a really awesome episode for you guys today. I brought on Corey Slash Knife from If Lands Could Kill, uh, another Magic: The Gathering podcast. Which, if you have not heard it, please go listen to it. Probably one of the funniest Magic podcasts out there. I've even even to my friends who are not into Magic: The Gathering at all. I'll recommend them that podcast because they are just really really funny guys and knife is one of three hosts of the show uh, they did have four but they recently had to go down to three because the the fourth one you know had some had a baby actually I think it was and had to you know leave the show because you know had to go do the right thing and be a father and stuff <sighs> jeez so responsible but um that's beside the point but yeah it's a really long episode um definitely stick stick by with it it's I had a lot of fun recording we talked about got everything under the sun from video games to magic to politics to depression to all sorts of shit it, it was a lot of fun doing it and um, before we begin let's get these ads out of the way and this episode is featured on legitmtg.com. Legitmtg.com not only has some really well written articles but also offers free shipping on all orders over two dollars or more. <laughs> oh my god. You know you know one or all right, let me just get this done. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles? <laughs> I don't know what's funny. <laughs> and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. <laughs> um, Any order for <laughs> $2 or more has free shipping at legitmdg.com. And my dog is getting pissed off because I'm laughing. He'll fuck you, dog. All right. Um, God, I, I don't know what was so funny. Um,. Yeah, you know, I'm not even going to edit that out. It's just going to be how it is. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I think what just made me laugh all of a sudden was, I I can just picture, because you know, I, I've i been doing this podcast, geez, February is going to be a year, and it's coming up really soon, like three months away. Insanity. Um, you know, I can just picture it, you know, my kids or grandkids listening to my podcast one, one day, and they just hear me, I don't know, just hear me fucking up all the time, and it's be like, holy shit, my dad or granddad is stupid, what the fuck, I don't know, it, just the thought of it, okay, let's get on to the next one, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Datasys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their products often, as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic Wazoobi, they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo.gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off Rollback RX. All right. Next one. Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30 day trial specifically for my listeners at the following URL gameflyoffercom slash Zubi. For you, the listeners of Magic with Zuby, Gamefly is offering a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, they have movies and games that you can rent for as long as you keep the service. And like I said, to get your free trial today, go to GameflyOffer.com Zuby. Again, that's GameflyOffer.com Zuby for your free 30-day trial. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/zuby. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Magic with Zuby, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, recommend an audiobook. I don't think I'm supposed to read that part of the copy. <laughs> that just goes to show i'm not even i'm not even i'm not even you know thinking um and let your on no i'm not supposed to read that either um the girl on the train a novel the hobbit you know one of the best books ever divergent um wasn't that that stupid movie um yeah it was i i didn't fucking like that shit at all um lean in the book thief crush it why now is the time to cash in on your passion uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/zuby. Again, that's audibletrial.com/zuby for your free audiobook. You know, I have used this, especially Audible. I've used that in the past before, and if you're a fan of audiobooks, definitely give that a shot. Um, audiobooks aren't really my thing, personally. It's they're they're enjoyable, but I can't listen to every book on audio. But you know, books that I've heard a bunch, like Harry Potter, um, the Sh- Chronicles of Shannara or Shannara, whatever the fuck, um, and you know the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and shit like that. I don't mind listening on audiobook. You know, books that I've already that I already know what's gonna happen. I like listening to if that makes sense. But no, d- definitely check it out. If you're a fan of audiobooks, it's probably one of the best services out there. Uh, Magic Azubi can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, MTGCast.com. If you want to email me with any questions, you can send me an email at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Uh Magic Wazoby is also on Facebook at facebook.com slash as well as Twitter at Magic with I've also been working on my YouTube channel, really just uploading the podcast episodes and also the little skits I have in between. And just you can check that out. Just search Magic Wazoobie at YouTube to you know like subscribe and all that other crap. But all right, enough of this crap. Let's get on with the interview and here is Cory slash knife from if lands could kill. Yeah, I mean, so like i said i'm starting to learn how to eq uh remember i when i sent you that message about my friend who's looking to do mixing freelancing right and all that he's slowly teaching me i mean just mainly in audacity because i don't have anything fancy or anything but in, you know just learning how to eq my podcast and all that that shit is fucking hard
1: <laughs> uh yeah i was actually going to school to be a like audio engineer and uh I ended up changing my major like halfway through but yeah, just trying to figure all the different little nuances is pretty can you know it
0: can be difficult yeah man have you heard of he showed me this program um it's called Harmon How to listen No, never heard of it um basically i mean it I think it's really good for someone like me who has no experience whatsoever uh basically, it's a little program it it tests you to like listen to you know different EQs um you know when it sounds flat and when it's EQ'd and what um I guess uh fuck what what did he call it what wavelength or whatever that it, it's set to? Right. Or or the peaks and gains and all that whatever the fuck it's called.
1: Yeah kind of like a little training for the for the ear.
0: Yeah. It's really, really cool. It's I'm really good at two bands. But when it gets up to three and four bands, I have no fucking clue.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it, it at gets, it right now. I actually might download it just for some practice.
0: Yeah, it gets really hard. Like like I said, my friend who's uh, who's, you know, does mixing and all that stuff. um, He got up to seven or eight bands and he's like, yeah, that's when it got a little bit tough. And I'm like, I'm struggling on three. And I can't tell the difference when <laughs> something's, you know, set to one DB or negative one DB. I'm like, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I I forget what the the actual thing is, but like, you know, it's maybe uh, one or two decibels, Uh, like the human ear can't really distinguish that, you know, just for the untrained ear, we can't tell the difference. So yeah, you really have to train yourself to, to notice those little nuances.
0: And it's really interesting. It's fun because for the podcast, especially, I'm starting to do some skits, so to say, um, just like little, like when I did some little advertisements and now I'm doing a little skit called Bob plays magic. Um, yeah, I've I also got some other,
1: that was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, I really enjoyed doing it. My kid loved doing the one of them. <laughs> and, um, I started doing something called Bob plays magic, which Bob is actually based off a coworker. I mean, he doesn't play magic or anything. It's just the way he acts is <laughs> pretty much like exactly how I do it in the skit. Um And then I also have some other ideas coming about, just something stupid and fun to put in the middle of the podcast, because I'm just trying to really branch out doing something different.
1: Yeah, that's totally cool. Like, yeah, uh, for the, I was wondering, because I was listening to you, you know, I've been listening to your podcast on and off, um, but... You know, you keep messing up the uh, <laughs> the advertisement, so I'm like, when is he just gonna pre-record this stuff? <laughs> but it almost became I mean, I like could. a running gag, though. I was like, waiting for you to mess up now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's um, I know my my friend, my my audio mixing friend, he said the same things that like, you should just pre-record. I'm like, but that doesn't make it very fun, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, now it's kind of your thing. No,
0: but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I try. It's uh, th- there have been I think one or two episodes where I just did the pre-recorded stuff cuz I'm like fuck it, I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> you know. But um yeah, just I know I know we sort of talked in the middle of it, but just so the listeners are aware I have brought on I I guess do you want to go by Corey or Knife City? Um I mean, I guess
1: uh you can just call me Knife, I guess, just so you know people If they go to listen to the podcast, they know um, who I am. But, I mean, you can call me either. I don't really care. We can just kind of clarify it in the beginning.
0: Okay. Well, I have brought on Corey, a.k.a. Knife, from probably one of my favorite magic podcasts, If Lands Could Kill. Um, I I can't even remember how I found you guys. I think it was from that one Twitter user, Tom Porter, I think it was.
1: Yeah, he's one of our uh, devoted listeners.
0: Yeah. I think I found them from him. I think he actually introduced me to you guys saying I should listen to you. And as soon as I did, I was hooked because it sounds like the one thing that I really like about your guys' podcast is it sounds like your chemistry is really real, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. we Most of us have known each other uh, easily over 10 years. And so it's literally just like uh, you're, you're sitting around with a group of friends that you've known for a long time and there's no like awkwardness, you know, just everything's out on the table and you're having a good time. That's c- kind of what we wanted to shoot for in the beginning too.
0: Yeah, and that's what I think I really enjoy because some of my favorite podcasts that I listen to that are non-magic or are a lot of the comedian podcasts like Joe Rogan or Joey Diaz, Burt Kreischer, and those guys, they're not really doing a quote-unquote interview, so to say, when they bring someone on. They're just bullshitting, talking with someone, and those are always some of my favorite kinds.
1: Oh, yeah, I've, I've uh, had a chance to listen to some of the comedian podcasts, but I was listening to Bill Burr, and it just got to a point where it was just like too ranty, you know, he's just like getting to be
0: too old man-ish. <laughs> I just I just can't. I guess it depends on Yeah, I guess it depends on the episode that, or or what he's talking about cuz some of it's really good but then I'm not too into sports. Like I like sports. I'll watch him if I see it if it's on, but it, he'll just start getting into a sport kick and then you know, then yeah, you're right with the ranty stuff, but I think where I got where I I love the way he does advertisements though. And I think that's where I got some of my stick for it was where he just goes on and sings about his advertisements
1: yeah yeah he does the best i remember watching a, I uh i forget what the product was but it was like somebody made a little youtube video clip for it and it was just <laughs> amazing one of the best like sticks i ever heard
0: yeah it's hilarious um so how long have you guys been doing that podcast for now so we're almost to episode 100
1: um but in keeping like track of how many episodes and how many days we've been doing this, uh, doesn't really equal up because in the beginning we were doing episodes, you know, every two weeks, every three weeks. Um, but I want to say it was, geez, 2013, I want to say. So some, somewhere along those lines.
0: Okay. Yeah. You guys have 94 episodes, at least 94 episodes that are out. And, um, Oh, what was the one episode you told me to listen to at first? Episode 32 or? Uh,
1: that was probably hmm. uh, uh, one of our newer uh, co-hosts, uh, So and Crow. He is a big fan of, I believe it's episode 32 or 35 or something. It's called yeah, Bigger, it's Longer, it's 30... Uncut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was the episode where uh, we had previously got an email from a listener and said, you know what? I want to hear an unedited episode. Because in the beginning, um, like, you know, the first 34 episodes, I was editing every tiny little thing, you know, if if somebody stuttered or if there was a awkward pause or I would meticulously go through and edit everything. And it just got so stressful because it would take up like all my Sunday that, that. Uh, that when he suggested that, I was like, dude, that's amazing. Like, that's going to make my work so much easier. And uh, that was the first time we did it. And we've been doing it that way ever since.
0: Yeah, and I, I sort of like that because I've had complaints from people that, oh, I'm not editing, and especially in my interviews where I'm not editing anything. The only times I may edit an interview is if there's like a really long, awkward pause where, you know, either I have to, you know, ex- excuse myself or it's something like that but for the most part i like to keep it you know what i recorded this is what you get just to make it feel more organic i guess
1: yeah it makes it feel real and it's less work for the editor whoever that may be and you know there's other podcasts out there um i'm trying to think of uh shoot i forget the name oh tryhards they're also on the mtg cast network i love yeah. their podcast they are I mean, the guy, the one of the main guys, he sounds like he belongs on the radio, and I think he
0: does work like in the industry. Um, yeah, I, I've heard that one. I think yeah, I think you're right. he is on he was or is on the radio. But one of my only gripes with
1: it is that um, I think there's like an auto silence silencing tool that takes out all the the pauses, all the awkward pauses and uh, dead air. And so when you use that tool, it takes that it takes it all out so it feels inorganic to where there's almost almost like no pauses and it cuts to the next person talking too quickly. And it just you know, I mean that's like a tiny little gripe, but it just makes it feel a little bit inauthentic.
0: Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, it's sort of like those people who do the the YouTube vlogs or whatever where they do those short little cuts that drives me insane. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When did, I mean, that started like, you know, like what, 15 years ago on TV and just now everything's like that, you know, uh, YouTube, podcasts, just that's, that's how we, apparently that's how we edit nowadays, you know?
0: Yeah. And it drives me insane. Like I'm used to it now, but yeah, I remember when it came out or when they started doing that on YouTube, I don't know how long ago and just, like, I can't watch this. I can't stand the, you know, the little uh, cut uh, 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 like that and just, I can't do it.
1: Yeah. Poor kids nowadays. Just the ADDs is probably just getting worse. You know, they got those little one second video clips now.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. Don't even talk to me about that. Cause my kids, they're obsessed with YouTube and they will watch these, especially my older one. She's 13. And she, um, she's obsessed with what Markiplier, PewDiePie and whoever, whoever the hell else. And I'll watch these guys and it's just, I don't get it. I don't get what makes them so, you know, I guess so popular, but you know, I'm not at that age range. I'm not the marketing or I'm not the target art audience for that. And It's just – but they will watch it for hours, man. It's like these guys are raking in money like hand over fist.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And also, uh, I believe we're about the same age. Uh, I just turned 31. um, And we're just – dude, we're getting old. We're not going to get
0: the new stuff coming out anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, And I've got a seven-year-old too. And she will – and I didn't realize – I guess I know unboxing videos are really popular, but she, she can sit there for hours watching unboxing of just toys. And I'm just, I'm just like, why? What you have, you have the same toy. You could just go play with it, but no, you want to watch someone open it.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing until we started our podcast and we started our own YouTube channel and uh hot sauce suggested that we do unboxing videos of, uh, you know, magic boxes And I was like, I guess people are into that type of stuff. And then he went on to tell me that, oh, yeah, dude, people open up toys and all sorts of things on YouTube. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, as for like magic, I get it because it's kind of like the lottery. But when it's a Barbie, it's like, you know what's in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, I, I was never, I guess I was never really into the whole unboxing of magic cards it's sometimes it's fun to watch especially for maybe like master sets like eternal masters modern masters but for the regular stuff i'm just sort of like eh, whatever it's you know you know what you're gonna get i I guess when it comes to the more higher price stuff it's a little more exciting but yeah i know what you mean
1: yeah apparently there's people who watch it out there but uh i mean i i partake in making the videos but i don't necessarily watch them
0: yeah, so you guys are also on youtube. um are you guys still doing those verses videos i don't I'm not even sure if I'm subscribed to you on there
1: so uh what had happened was there was uh we were recording either uh at my house in my garage where I am now or at hot sauce's house, and he ended up uh, purchasing a condo and moving in and then his work schedule got all crazy, and like we kind of just had to put some of that stuff aside so. If there's any listeners out there, you might notice that uh, we don't put the episodes out on YouTube anymore. Uh, We don't uh, have many versus videos up. Um, But things have settled down now, and unfortunately, Hot Sauce just got laid off. He's an electrician, and uh, so he's going to be waiting a while to get some work. So hopefully this will free up some time for us to make some more content for you guys.
0: Yeah, I heard that episode, uh, your latest episode. That sucks, man. That's, um, I guess that comes because he's part of a union, right?
1: Yeah. And that kind of is par for the course, you know, I guess you, you work a job and once the job's done, then you kind of get in the back of the line of the union and then you just wait for a job to come along. So, I mean, it can be kind of stressful because, you know, I guess unemployment, you know, is barely <laughs> barely getting him by, but, you know, he's he's not in danger of like, you know,
0: losing any possessions or his house or anything he's doing he's doing all right well that's good yeah because i was worried about that i'm just thinking oh shit you know he's not going to be able to come back on the show or you guys are going to go down to two-man cast and (laughs) uh, i was just a little worried about that yeah but that's good to hear
1: we unfortunately did lose a member um reich uh for those of you who actually uh listen he had a kid which is cool and uh you know he was always kind of the not super enthusiastic about magic like he was into it but he wasn't you know as as die hard as the rest of us and you know he's uh he's somebody I, i've known since like birth basically because uh our, <laughs> our older brothers uh our best friends oddly enough um so anyways yeah he's he's off to being a father and all that stuff so we just said hey it's cool man you know we understand uh you can
0: come back and guest star whenever you want yeah, he's um, is that his first kid?
1: That is his first kid.
0: Oh man, he's in for fucking awesomeness. No, I mean, no, ha- having a kid is great. It's let me. I did get a lot of World of Warcraft done when I had a kid. <laughs> you know, just staying up late, and if the baby couldn't sleep, just like have her in my arms and you know farm some professions or some shit, whatever. I did. I don't even remember. That was when Wrath of the Lich King was out.
1: Oh yeah, I I played uh, World of Warcraft on and off for uh since it was uh Vanilla WoW up until yep. I think the I forget the name of it, but it was the 80 level cap.
0: Oh, Cataclysm, I think it was.
1: Yeah, something like that, but uh I mean, I just it was it was too much and I I had to sell my account cuz it was just like consuming my life. And I was also like, you know, partying and doing other such things and uh I just needed to cut out the World of Warcraft.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. I was, I don't, I guess heavily addicted is, I mean, I don't even want to say, cause it wasn't one of those things where, you know, I would skip work for or anything, but during Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King, I was heavily involved, I guess is the nice way of saying Cause, you know, I actually had a guild and a raid team and we'd raid, you know however many nights it was and but when cataclysm came out everybody just sort of stopped playing and it became sort of a single player game for me and i've played on and off i've even played the newest expansion but i just got to max level and pretty much quit
1: yeah i think uh my when i was uh, most involved was during uh during uh burning crusade and yeah i was in the guild i was doing raids i was heavily heavily into pvp I had a bunch of uh twink characters, you know, maxed out at level 29 or 39. Um and it was Hell yeah, I remember that shit. <laughs> I was actually thinking back a couple like a couple weeks ago that like I had developed like strong friendships in all my online games and I kind of I kind of like miss that, you know? Like there's still people I talk to today who I used to play uh Day of Defeat with like oh my years God. ago, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh shit! I remember that game. I forgot all about that game. Um, I, I I like that game, but the one game that I guess I made good friends on is when it came to shooting games was Team Fortress, the the original one. Uh, and um, oh god, Unreal Tournament. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that just brings back so many memories. Um, yeah, but I know what you mean. It's sort of. I Maybe it's because we're getting older, but I guess I find it harder to make those sort of connections on online games because, you know, one, I don't have a lot of time to play games as I used to. Um, I may get, you know, an hour a night if I'm lucky, if I'm not having anything else to do. And it's it's also kind of lonely, too, because, you know, you want to make those friendships. You may meet someone cool and then you never talk to them again because they're either too busy or you're not on the same times and, you know, stuff like that
1: yeah it's a different lifestyle almost when um you're able to just kind of devote a lot of your time and energy and effort into something like World of Warcraft to where you know um you know when when I was playing, I was eighteen nineteen twenty you know something like that, and I was just yeah. being able to raid all the time, stay up late uh not have to worry about too many responsibilities and uh you know nowadays. I can't really commit, you know, three hours to a raid. I can't even commit to, like, an hour of streaming a game, a single-player game, you know, without having to, like, take care of something. So, yeah, I think it's a matter of uh, getting older and having different priorities, kind of just growing up.
0: Yeah, you make a good point with the streaming because I've tried to get into streaming. Um, One of my problems is I feel like I get ADD where I could be playing a game of Magic, WoW, whatever the game is, I'll just suddenly be like, all right, I'm bored and just quit streaming because it's like, I want to go do something else. And it's like, I can't understand how these people can just stream for hours upon hours. I can get, I get it if it's your job, you know, you're actually making money from it. But I guess to try to start off and build that audience, I, I just can't do it. I get bored. That's why I think doing something like podcast and even putting my podcast on YouTube and little skits is perfect for me because I have... I devote my time to it and I don't have to spend, you know, hours upon hours every day to get it done. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think my girlfriend has some sort of radar for when I start streaming because that's always <laughs> when she calls and she wants to talk or she comes home and she needs my attention or something happens. But I also uh, I understand what you're saying to where, you know, I I want to stream this new game that just came out on the Xbox market and then I play it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, you know what? Just screw this game. I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't even want to play any games anymore. You know, I did that like a couple <laughs> yeah. months ago. I was like, I am the worst streamer ever.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I know what you mean. It's um, especially if I'm getting addicted to a show on Netflix or Hulu or something. It's like, okay, I feel like playing a game ten minutes in. Like, okay, I feel like watching. You know, I'll spend three hours watching this stupid show instead.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I just started getting back into oh geez, what's it called? Uh, how to survive. On the Xbox One. And it's a great game. It's an isometric, kind of top down view of a zombie survival game. And it's just pretty simple. And, you know, when I stream, I want to stream games that aren't very popular. You know, I don't want to yeah. be the two, 2000s, you know, and first streamer, you know, down the list. You know, I, I want to stream games that people can like watch and go, oh, this looks interesting. I want to play that. So I've been wanting to stream this game. But I just know, like, in the back of my head, like, as soon as I do it, like, the dog is going to crap all over the floor or something's (laughs) going to stop me. God does not want me to stream. So I just, I try and refrain at all costs from,
0: uh, from streaming. Oh, I know what you mean. It's, it's weird because when, if I'm playing a game, like, I'm playing Skyrim again right now, the special edition, and, um. I've tried streaming it and then five minutes in, I get bored, but if I'm not streaming it, I can just play it like at least for 30 minutes to an hour and not, you know, not stop or anything. And it's just, I guess it's that weird mental state of, Oh, someone may be watching me or I feel like I have to sit down and stream this, you know, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And if I do stream, I, uh, you may have heard us talk about it on the podcast, but I have a very weird view of streaming to where I don't go to Twitch or anywhere where somebody's streaming. I don't go there because I want to see their face or even really like interact with them. I go there for like live gameplay because I'm interested in the game. So when yeah. I when I stream, I don't have a webcam set up. I don't I don't even have the chat up to where I can see it. I'm just playing the game, and if people want to come see how the game plays. Uh, then they can do that, and then you know, kind of take off or do whatever. But uh, it's different when I'm playing Magic. If I if I'm streaming while I'm drafting or something, I'll definitely interact and joke around with yeah. uh, the viewers. But just regular gameplay, I just I just I I just want to play, and I just want you to watch me play, and that's just real simple. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I know exactly what you mean. Like um, when a new game comes out, and if I'm interested in maybe purchasing it, I'll check out Twitch and. And I'll look for the people that are just doing the gameplay. I don't want to hear you, you know, try to beg for donations and all that shit. It's just I want to see the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it's I guess it's a, a sign of the ages, but it's I just find it kind of almost egotistical as we're sitting here making a podcast. You know, kind of hypocritical. But uh, I, oh, <laughs> I just find, you know, i I just find it somewhat
0: egotistical. Like,
1: uh, dude, I don't want to see your face. I want to see the game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, so what other games have you been playing lately?
1: Um, lately I got uh, for my birthday, my girlfriend bought me a uh, the new Nintendo 3DS, the XL. You know, super, oh, that's right,
0: you talked about that.
1: Yeah, the super fat one, whatever, the newest of the new. And uh, so I've been there's there's certain games on the Nintendo market uh, that can only be played on this new uh, 3DS, and most of them are Super Nintendo games and, like, you know, uh, remakes and ports of older games. So uh, I've just been loving that. I've been playing Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, uh, Zelda, the 64 one, um, Ocarina of Time, just all the classics.
0: Oh, shit. Um, Yeah, I I got a 3ds i want to say last year for christmas well i bought it my i bought it for myself but um it was i'm trying to think i got the ocarina of time i got one of the mario games on it and what else did i get oh i got that other zelda game that a link between worlds which is the sequel to a link to the past right yeah that was an awesome game i loved that oh dude Oh, uh, I, I love that game. That's probably been my favorite Zelda game. Um probably for a while. Because um the last Zelda game I really enjoyed was Twilight Princess for GameCube.
1: Okay, and, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But um are you excited about the new Zelda coming out, the Breath of the Wild?
1: Uh I haven't seen too much about it. Um I've mostly heard it from Hot Sauce. He's a big he's a big game guy who always knows everything that's going on. Um, I haven't really played like console wise. I haven't played a Nintendo product in quite a long time. Uh, I mean, they are the best at handhelds, I believe, but as for consoles, it's kind of not my style, but if something were to make me want to
0: buy it, it would be anything Zelda. Oh man, you got to look at the, have you seen the commercials for the Nintendo switch, the new console? Uh, yes, I just
1: uh, heard about it, you know, when it just came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was excited, but at the same time I was kind of pissed because I had just got that <laughs> 3DS, and I was like, oh, now there's another handheld, you know? Dang it.
0: Well, it's – the cool thing I like about it, it's going to be a handheld and console. Right. Um, So I, I'm excited as hell about it. It's I, Call me a Nintendo fanboy. I don't care. I feel – I have I've always gotten their consoles because I love Mario games. I love Zelda. Um I love all that shit cuz you know I grew up playing all that. Um
1: Oh yeah, I was definitely a Nintendo
0: kid growing up. Uh I didn't play anything
1: else except for Nintendo products until I think it was um PlayStation 2 was when I I started like delving into other products. But yeah, I had the regular Nintendo, the Game Boy, the Super Nintendo, 64, I didn't have a Dreamcast, uh but yeah, I was all about the Nintendo. I even have the first edition of Nintendo Power still like in my room somewhere. The very very first one? The very very first one.
0: Oh shit, I didn't start collecting them until I got the the first one I got was the Super Mario Brothers 3 Players Guide edition. Okay. That's the first one I got, but um I um, mean, I used to love that magazine. I, I also remember calling up the tip line, too. for <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what games I called up about, but just, you know, that was before the internet really was popular. So, you know, me as a dumb kid calling up and my mom getting pissed off at me for calling a 1-900 number.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, the- you didn't just look up, you know, walkthroughs back then. You had to, like, either talk to somebody who knew what they were doing with the game call the hotline or hope they printed uh, some sort of strategy guide in the Nintendo power.
0: Oh yeah. Um, God, that brings back a lot of memories. The um, I can remember, and my friend has made fun of me for this, that I was, I was kind of opposed actually to the Nintendo 64. I was kind of opposed to 3d gaming as a kid because I guess because it was new and strange to me because there weren't any 3D games before the 64 really or the or the um, PlayStation one or any of that. It was all 2D or, you know, isometric view.
1: Right, right. Um, I mean, if and, if we're counting Virtual Boy, I'm not really sure when that came oh, out. No. But let's just pretend that never happened.
0: Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I don't count that. But because um, no, I can remember when Mario 64 first came out and I'm just like, this looks stupid. This looks dumb. It, I, don't, I don't even know why anyone would want to play this. You know, Mario World is su- way superior to this. <laughs> <laughs> and it and I remember my mom was trying to convince me one Christmas to get it, you know, because she wanted to buy it for me. And I'm just like, no, that was dumb. I'll, d- I'll just stick with Super Nintendo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Super Nintendo has easily the most of my favorite games are probably from the Super Nintendo era.
0: Oh yeah, you've got Final Fantasy three slash six, I'm Chrono Trigger. Yep. Um just Super Mario RPG, Earthbound.
1: Su- Dude, Super Mario RPG, that was the first RPG well, I guess I played like the original Final Fantasy, but I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah. uh the the first one like I got into was Super Mario RPG because one, I was a kid, I was all about Nintendo, all about Mario, and then that came out and I remember renting it. You know, for for all those newer uh, listeners out there or younger <laughs> listeners, uh, you had to like go to the store and rent the games, and then you had to take them back, or else they charged you more money. Uh, I know that's kind of weird nowadays, uh, but I remember yeah, renting Super Mario RPG just because it had Mario on it, and I just fell in love with that game. That is easily top three favorite games of all time.
0: Oh yeah, it's probably definitely. I don't know if it's in my top ten, but definitely my top twenty. Um, but it, it was definitely really good, but mentioning the renting the games, do you also remember trying so hard to beat it that weekend? You get it Friday night and you try so hard to beat it before Monday comes around.
1: Oh yeah. You invite all your friends over. There's Mountain Dew, there's Cheese its you're taking <laughs> turns. I remember playing, uh, Rainbow Six on the 64, you know, all my friends over were playing it, trying to beat it. Yeah. Those were those were uh,
0: different times, my friend. Different times. <laughs> I know it's it's a little sad in a way that you know my kids will never really experience that, but they they're experiencing way different things. Um, it's I, I guess going back to YouTube and all that. I I bought oh, what was it back in June or July? No, it was back in June. I bought the Minecraft, uh, game for the Wii U because okay. um, it it added some extra stuff it added like a mario world and all that because my kids love minecraft they would play it on the computer but then their computer broke and i refused to rebuild it because they got viruses on it <laughs> so i got minecraft for the wii u and the these little fuckers they'd rather watch someone play minecraft more than actually <laughs> play the game it's like it's like, I just want to flip the table and be like, I, I give up. I don't know what to do with you kids.
1: <laughs> they're, they're like a cat in the box. You know, they don't care what's in the box. They just want to play inside the box and pre- pretend it's a spaceship, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, I just remember that frustrating me. So and I'm like, why did I even buy this? What, what's the point? I mean, no, they'll still play the game and all that stuff because they'll have, you know, friends come over and play the game and whatnot. But it's still it's like, wh- what's the point? um another example is mario party 10 for the wii u they'd rather watch gameplay of it than play it themselves
1: well at least you can take solace in the fact that they're gamers you know it's not like they're oh my gosh this is so nerdy they're like yes i just i'm so excited i just want to watch somebody play you know
0: oh yeah oh no no no. they they were gonna they didn't have a chance of not (laughs) being gamers um i've got video of oh god my littlest one she had maybe a year old, uh, playing Mario Kart on the Wii with the with the steering wheel thing, and um, you know, she's not knowing what she's doing, but she remember loving it. And I'd she'd always because we always had all the the systems. I always had the Nintendo Super Nintendo around, and so she's grown up playing all the old games, but she loves the new games too. So
1: yeah, you got my kids. You got you got to set the
0: pace for them when they're young, so they just think that's normal. Yeah, they they didn't stand a chance. That they were they were screwed. And the same with Magic too is um my oldest w- will play Magic once in a while. She'll um I've tried out commander. I think that's a little bit too much for her. I mean, she knows the basic rules of it, but it's I think commander's a little bit too much for her to play because it's just too, I I guess too too much to do. So I've built some beginner decks. For them, and those are fun. But the one thing that we've been getting into recently is Pokemon. Actually, the Pokemon card game. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's actually been pretty fun. It's even my seven year old is catching on pretty quickly, and it's it's just a quick fun game. I I bought one of the dual decks uh about a month or two ago, and it's just something easy we can pick up. But I'm gonna get them into Magic a little bit more hardcore one day, maybe. Not too hardcore, because then I'll have to start buying them, you know, (laughs) singles and stuff.
1: Right, right. Yeah, uh, Crow, before he joined the cast, uh, how he started uh, talking with uh, Hot Sauce was uh, they were bonding over Pokemon. And I guess uh, Crow had played a lot of Pokemon, so the transition was easy to magic. And, you know, he kept talking about it, talking about it. And, you know, all right, you know, I'll try it out. I downloaded the the free version online. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty decent game. I mean, I'm kind of old school with the Pokemon to where I only remember, like, the the original 151
0: or, you know, whatever the number is. Um, yeah. But it's a pretty cool game. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's like Magic Light, and I love what they do with their online client. It's, it's something that Magic Online really needs to adopt, and I would be spending so much more money on Magic Online if that were the case.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean... Uh, do we really want to go down this rabbit hole of magic online? Like I, I started playing, um, right when the, right when the, the beta or like the new version was about to come out. So there was the old, like two years years ago or so, or, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, whenever gate crash was around, it was about three, three ish years ago. That must've
0: been, is that four? I don't even fucking remember.
1: I know. Time flies by. Um, I know. But so they they had the version three, the the just the beta of that out, and I downloaded you know just the regular stable version because I didn't want to mess around with a beta, and I remember immediately uninstalling it because it just looked so archaic that I couldn't stand it. It reminded me of this like chess game I used to play when I was ten on the computer. Like <laughs> yeah. I I went straight to the beta, and even that you know the version we're familiar with now is still like very um. I don't know, just simplistic, you know, I don't think they need to go all hearthstone about it, but there are certain things that they could definitely upgrade to make the user experience uh, more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it's um, I definitely agree. I think if they followed a model like Pokemon where you can still invest money into it, if you're just interested in the online only, but also get sort of like a redemption code type thing in a booster pack. Um, I think that would bring on a lot more players, but still make them pay for tickets for events. You know, right, right. Um, one of the things I was interviewed on the kitchen table magic forums and one of the questions the guy asked me was, you know, if you were in complete total control of magic online, what would you do? And I'm just like, like with no budget, you know, I don't have to worry about budget or anything. Um, what I would do is honestly just, you know, keep the current magic online going, but. Strip the team down enough to where it can just run basically by itself and they only need to do, you know, bug fixes and all that stuff. But don't add any new Don't add any new sets yet because then you focus on creating a brand new client. And once you get that new client out, you just do standard at first, you know, get all the rules, rule sets involved with that. And then as that's all good to go and you got a separate team just doing the rules engines and all the set and working on getting modern legacy in and vintage. And then you just have another team just dedicated to getting the new sets out. And, you know, I think what magic duels looks like, I think that's pretty perfect for what it should look like in a sense because it magic duels looks very good it's just you know it's basically barely magic at this point
1: right right yeah i mean magic duels looks great and it's perfect as a as a learning tool that's actually how i started to learn how to play magic uh a lot was just through the magic duels um, but yeah, there's definitely some things like, you know, the whole stack issues, is very difficult to do on there, but yeah, if they can make it, oh, yeah. you know, well, I guess a while ago they had a, you know, a uh, Hasbro had a, like a, a release statement or whatever you call it about this new, I think they called it magic online next or magic yeah. next or something like that to where, you know, they were saying how they kind of want to meld the two magic online and duels or kind of make it an easier transition or I, I remember they're being kind of vague about it, but I think there's something in the works to where uh, they're going to try and uh, m- uh, make it easier to, to go between the two.
0: I hope so, man. Cause it's like, I want to give wizards my money. So, you know, I get, I get a little bit tired of playing cockatrice or X mage when I want to practice constructed, you know, because either you come across a bunch of asshole players that don't understand the rules or you get, um, you know, buggy programs that barely work. I mean, not saying that Magic Online is perfect. It's just it's better than those other programs, in a sense. Right. And I, I can't play
1: uh, Cockatrice or X-Mage. I have to play it with somebody I know, you know, like one of yeah. the podcast guys or something because I can't play with random players cuz it's 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 too frustrating and also, you know, I'm not like a rules master, so there's even, you know, stuff where I'm like I don't even know how this works.
0: <laughs> I had um someone get mad at me the other day. Uh one of my one of my buddies on here, Alec, who's been on the podcast a bunch, he he was testing out an Esper variation of the Colossus deck and standard because um, I think the normal Colossus is like red green or blue green, something like that. And so I was just testing out an Esper variant of it, and I have a guy like getting pissed off at me. He's like, "Oh, this is just a Colossus deck." I'm like, "No, it's a little bit different because you know there's removal, there's more removal, and I have you know Spell Queller, Reflector Mage, whatever in the deck. It's it's Esper." He's like, "No, it's the same." Just like getting mad at me and refusing to go further until I quit. (laughs) And I'm just like, I just I'm just here to test out the deck, bro. Why why do you? So why? I, I don't care if you don't like the deck, then just quit.
1: Yeah, um, that is actually, uh, it's a double-edged sword for me with Magic Online, because I find that stuff hilarious, and at the same time, it can be super frustrating. Uh, when I used to play World of Warcraft, you know, uh, you know, I was a shitty teenager or whatever, so I was like, you know, egging people on, making them rage quit, and you know, all this stuff, and uh, and so now, when I come to Magic Online... I like to build, uh, not quite tier one decks, you know, uh, yeah, I'm really into the mill and like discard eight rack, that whole sort of, you know, it's not, it's not the fun police magic, but it's, you know, kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so I had this, uh, Esper mill deck, uh, modern deck and I ran, um, oh geez, I forget the name. But uh, it's a three mana spell. Exile all the creatures that target or target opponent's graveyard, and then you gain three life. Crypt Incursion. That's the card. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'd be milling them, milling them, and then, you know, right, you know, I'd have like five life left, and then I'd hit Crypt Incursion, and I'd gain like fifty life, and people would just rage quit and. You know, just call me all sorts of names and, you know, you're a noob and all this stuff. And I just get so much joy out of it. That's half the fun is just making people upset, you know. And so, uh, but yeah, it is obnoxious when you're just, you know, you're just trying to have a good time. Uh, even if you're not playing a, a crappy deck and, uh, you know, people take it way too seriously.
0: I know. It's like the majority of those people that are playing, you're not going to the Pro Tour. You're not. You're not going to... You know, win a Grand Prix or whatever you may have aspirations to, but, you know, it, it's, it's in, it's the game.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And you got to You got you to gotta always expect the unexpected, especially with magic. Cause you know, there's always going to be that one guy that takes down a pro tour or a Grand Prix with some whack ass build.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, the only thing that's going to happen when they start bitching is I'm going to take a screenshot and then post it on Twitter to salty losers so everyone can get a laugh out of it. You know, that's, that's <laughs> how I get
0: it. Yeah. Oh, man. That reminds me, just speaking of World of Warcraft with um, trolling people or getting people pissed off, I think this had to have been back in Burning Crusade. I don't remember what realm I was on. But I don't remember the guy's name, but he was it was on the horde side. It was this guy who would literally egg everyone on to one V one him in PVP. <laughs> and, um, and he was actually legit terrible, but he would just, um, or he would be terrible on purpose. I can't even remember what it was, but he would just, he, he just had this masterful way of getting everybody pissed off. I don't, even, I wish I remembered his technique because it was, just, it was, it was glorious. It was back in those days when, you know, I, I guess when that, that was back before the cross realming stuff. So, you know, what you once you would make you would have a reputation on that server as, you know, oh, you're you're that guy or you're the you know, you're the raider, you're the PvP or that sort of stuff. So your reputation actually mattered. And oh, this guy would just fuck. I know I'm just rambling on here, but I wish I could remember his name.
1: That was the best when before it was uh, cross realm. Uh, servers and all I guess it's like you know for instances now and everything. It's cross realm, but uh, you know, you probably remember even the PvP wasn't even cross realm. So when you would play somebody, especially in in the the Twink battleground, so like the twenty nines, um, they yeah. would only fire every once in a while, and when they did, you know, the the other team would get beat so bad that they wouldn't wouldn't re-cue. And so, you know, you just, you felt victorious, like they don't even want to come back. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never got into the twinking that much. Um, the only twink I ever had, and I didn't do it for very long, was a, was probably what everybody did at the time, I think, was a level 19 rogue. And um...
1: yeah, rogues are popular twinks, especially uh, 19 and uh, 29. They were very powerful.
0: I don't even remember the freaking enchantments you'd have to get, but I remember they were expensive as hell for the Twinks. and.
1: Oh, yeah, that stupid, uh, the head enchantment where you had to like go around and do this ridiculous, uh, quest, uh, chain quest, uh, just
0: to get like, you know, plus 10 stamina on your head yeah. or something. Yeah, that sounds right. It's, it's been forever. I don't even remember. Um, Have you heard about um, all the legacy World of Warcraft server going on?
1: So I heard recently that one of them uh, got shut down, something like that.
0: Yeah, one of them got shut down, I think, back in March or April. And the team actually met with Blizzard. And, you know, they I guess they were in talks with maybe Blizzard trying to start their own legacy server. And just a few days ago the The serve, the team, the server team that got shut down, they got fed up with Blizzard, not never giving them any answers or anything like that. So they decided to release their source code for the legacy server. <laughs> and now, and some other team has picked it up and said they're gonna take the server that Blizzard shut down and import it into their own. And now everybody who had a character on that old legacy server is gonna, you know, have their characters and stuff back. And I actually had some characters on that, so that's pretty exciting.
1: You know, I I remember a long time ago reading about, you know, how difficult it is to kind of roll back uh, the patches and the updates to get back to a certain point in time. And uh, yeah. how, you know, you basically, like anything else, you just overwrite what you already have because what, what you're putting in is better than or what you're going towards. So it's not like they really have these, these, uh, you know, uh, s- save points, uh, to go back to, but I don't think Blizzard understands that they would like, I, I quit playing and I'm, I, I, it's almost like quitting drugs for me. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I've been yeah. clean off of world of Warcraft, uh, since, uh, 2009, you know, I'm like proud of it and everything, but I don't think they understand <laughs> that if they were to implement a legacy server or, you know, even one for vanilla, and then another one for Burning Crusade and all this stuff. I would probably go back into it a little bit, you know, at least just for the PvP. They would be getting my fifteen dollars a month for sure.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And what gets me is they say they can't do it, but then there's all these other independent programmers that have already done it. Right. And I get, I get that it'd be hard to integrate it with their Battle.net platform. I get that part, but why not just have it a separate? separate from their battle.net platform, you know, people would still play. I'm getting all antsy right now just talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's if you do check it, I don't know if it's up yet. I think they said they're going to get the server back up in a week or two, something like that, because they just announced it a few days ago. And um, it's... it's, I I don't know if you've played vanilla World of Warcraft recently, but even... Even if you quit back in Cataclysm, the chain, it's so different. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot that, you know, each weapon has its own skill level. Like, you know, you got to level up your weapon skills. And I completely forgot about that and how there's no quest helper. You had to go on what thought bot. I think it was <laughs> if you got stuck on a quest.
1: Thoughtbot. bot. Yeah,
0: you remember that. You remember that shit?
1: Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I thought about that one
0: because you know the game doesn't point to you where you know where something is or it it doesn't show up shiny on the ground you have to go and look and read the quest like oh it says go northwest by the you know the gnome cave or something you're like what the fuck where's that yeah there's there wasn't a magical golden line
1: on the ground to send you you had to you know, actually you actually had to read what the quest giver was telling you, you know, as opposed to now you can just like, you know, skip through it. Okay. This is the objective, whatever. But you actually had to read like, Oh yeah, you gotta go North and then you'll see some, you know, bushes or some birds or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Which I can understand why they do that now, because with 110 levels you have to go through, I can't imagine many people staying that long, especially new players. If, the questing was the way it was back then because if to do that for god 110 levels i would go crazy
1: yeah even even back then you know making multiple characters or multiple tunes um you know you you got sick and tired of hitting the same old quest doing the same old thing hitting the same old instances uh it got it got pretty uh repetitive
0: yeah, I think what changed that, though, at least for me personally, was you had to actually group up for quests. You actually had to make friends on that server in order to get somewhere. Especially, especially if you wanted to do some of the the mid level to upper level dungeons, you couldn't just. It was it was hard to really pug back then, you right. know. It, you could you couldn't be some no name tank or a no name healer and expect to get in some really good groups. You had to make a name for yourself, which I enjoyed, because back then, back in Vanilla, I always tried to tank as a druid when druid tanks were not viable at all. But I would damn sure try my hardest to do it, and people would take me in. Of course, that I, wasn't, I never got to level 60 at the end of Vanilla. I had too much ADD going on where I would just explore, or work on professions, or PvP, shit like that.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember getting into the math about it. That was like one of the first games where, like, I wanted to know how every how every single point accumulated to the percentage of you know health or hit power, like whatever it was. <laughs> and I don't know if this website's still around or if you've been to it. It was called Elitist Jerks, and it had some really that s- sounds familiar. Had some really smart people on there, and they had done all the math and all the you know. Uh, with the up-to-date patches and everything, and you know, if if you were, uh, I had a a melee shaman. I forget what the actual uh, term was for it, but yeah, if you did this cycle of attacks, you would get like the most DPS in over the course of like thirty seconds, and like all that stuff. That's that's how into it you know I was, and I'm just I feel like I haven't been into anything that intense until recently the past couple of years when I got into magic.
0: Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I was into wow. Like that. I was into even Diablo two like that with all the math and shit.
1: Oh, Diablo two
0: um, was amazing. I, that's my favorite one. Yeah, I love Diablo two. I don't, every time I try to go back and play that game, I get bored because I think I've literally done everything I could think of to do in that game. Um, I've tried even the wackiest of builds to try and beat, what was it? Normal nightmare in hell, at least nightmare with, <laughs> um, like I remember I beat nightmare with just a punching paladin. He he would have a shield, but all he would do was just punch people <laughs> and he would have some chill aura or something like that. It took me forever. Uh, that, that was back in middle school, high school or whatever, when I had time. So, <laughs> um, uh,
1: Diablo 3 is really good, you know, the, the graphics and everything, but I hate how they dumbed down the talent tree. I think that's my biggest yeah. criticism of any MMORPG or kind of RPG is the talent tree. I like a very expansive and uh, freeform talent tree, and they really dumbed it down like they ended up doing on World of Warcraft to where it's just like, you hit this level, you can choose one of these three. There's no real like tree for you to go down.
0: Yeah. No, the one thing that I like Diablo three, it's a really fun game, has a really good gameplay, but your character doesn't feel like your character because it could be any build you want it to be. You don't have that permanent permanence, I guess, Right. where, you know, like you start a barbarian. Okay, this is going to be a whirlwind barbarian. Uh, well, no, I don't feel like playing whirlwind now. I want to be, you know, a berserk barbarian. Oh, you can just, you can easily change that really quickly. That sort of killed it for me. I mean, I still have, I still poured like a thousand hours into the game, but it's, it, it's fun. It's just like, I it doesn't have that permanence. And the, the expansion that came out at least did a lot for it and made it much better than it was, but it, it still has its own problems. I feel.
1: Yeah, definitely. I ended up playing the uh, Star Wars MMORPG, uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic, I think the name was. Was that any good? That was actually really good. I got into it like, you know, a year after it came out or something like that. And it's uh, free to play. And then, you know, if you can only do like so many instances per week or you can only get so much, you know, loot per week or something like that. And then if you subscribe, then all all the stuff is, you know free but uh yeah i i I really liked it obviously i'm a huge star wars nerd and having a mmorpg in that universe was amazing unfortunately i think they were following the model of world of warcraft to where they dumbed down the talent tree a whole bunch and it just once again
0: turned me off from it did you ever play that other star wars mmo the what was it called the galaxies was it just Star Wars Galaxies? I'm not sure. I want to say Reich
1: uh, got into it. And yes, Star Wars Galaxies, uh, massive multiplayer. Yeah, it came out in 2003. I think that was... Did you play that one? No, I did not. But I remember Reich telling me, you know, way back when, before his name was Reich, um, that uh, (laughs) it was pretty good. You could kind of make your own village or colony on like whatever planets and it sounded really really cool
0: yeah I've heard good things about that and um, now I've I've been a big Star Wars fan I it, I guess it's a year later and people are now you know having criticism for even back then the criticism for the new Star Wars movie I loved the new Star Wars movie what did you think of it so
1: I hate the new trilogy, you know, 1, 2, and 3. I was not a fan oh, okay. Okay. at all. <clears throat> and that being said, you know, I loved 4, 5, and 6, so I felt like the, the, the bar to beat was very low because I thought so little of 1, 2, and 3 that I was like, <laughs> you can't get worse than Jar Jar Binks and, you know, Anakin complaining about sand in between his toes, like, (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, so I really enjoyed it. Obviously it was a, it was kind of a throwback, uh, to the older star Wars fans. Uh, it had kind of the same theme as uh, a new hope. And, uh, you know, nothing, nothing really bothered me about the movie. It kind of still had the same star Wars humor, and I feel like they didn't go overboard with the you know super special effects. The only thing that bothered me was when they went to go destroy the the super what was it the superstar the Star Killer I think yes, it was Star Killer. When they went to go destroy the Star Killer, to destroy it they had to go down through a trench. And I was like, really? Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you couldn't have just come straight at it or like landed and then like got in there. You had to go through the trench. And that was like, that was the disappointing part for me that it was so close to the original.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. It's um, There definitely are a lot of similarities to episode four and episode seven, but the talking about the trench and they only had what five x-wings or something like that it's like come on really they they couldn't get destroyed
1: <laughs> yeah other than that i mean I, I like the new characters obviously uh you know ray is a cutie she's a good the uh, the actress is a good actress uh whereas i thought natalie portman even though she's a cutie she uh there were certain scenes where i just it was hard to it was hard to believe, you know, you could tell she was acting um, and I, you know, it must have been pretty hard because being across Hayden Christensen, who is just, you know, the worst actor of all time, he is the, well, you know, I I gotta,
0: I gotta defend him there. I don't feel that he's that bad of an actor because I've seen him in other movies. I feel that the, a lot of the problems with the one, two and three trilogy was George Lucas.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that too
0: because it's the director's it it's it's the director's duty to make sure that the actors are acting the way they need to be if the actors just act and say the lines whatever you know that's how they're that's how they think it's supposed to be so while while there were definitely a lot of cringe inducing scenes that Hayden did i feel like especially in episode 3 was way better as far as as his acting was in the, in that trilogy
1: yeah, episode three was the best out of all of them, but that's kind of like saying you're the best Taco Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're still a Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> oh, man. But, you know there's a Taco Bell in the middle of the Pentagon?
1: I did not know that. I have, yeah, a sick, a- I have a sick fascination with Taco Bell. I don't know why. I know it's horrible Mexican food. I'm dating a Mexican. She doesn't understand it, but I just I just love it. <laughs>
0: the... um it's I don't I know it's a completely random fact we're actually planning on going to Washington DC next summer I've never been there and it's my my oldest has been learning I guess US government history or whatever and she's expressed interest in going and I'm like yeah I've never been and I was just looking around on Google Maps and you look on Google Maps like yep there's a Taco Bell in the middle of the Pentagon just like wait why how do you get in there what kind of special security clearance do you need
1: (laughs) What Was it that uh, Macaulay Culkin movie, uh, Richie Rich? You know where he has like the McDonald's inside of his house, you know, just for him. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would want a Taco Bell
0: inside my house. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you no, know, if I had to choose, like, if I had to choose a fast food restaurant, it'd probably be Chick Fil A in my house, and they'd be open on Sundays, motherfuckers. Are they closed on Sundays? Yeah.
1: Uh, for like religious reasons
0: yeah because because the owners are christians
1: okay i did not know that do they have them out
0: there in california
1: uh yeah we actually have one out in our town i mean it's only been here for a handful of years but i've actually never been there myself
0: hold on one second i'm gonna stop the recording because i think something froze here all right so hold on i'll start it over Um, Sorry, I had to stop the recording there and just bring it back. Trying out a new recording program here called Zencaster. So far, it seems to be pretty awesome. Um, Way better than the Skype program I was using. Um, One of the problems I have with Skype is after a while, the, the, the guest on the other end, their voice would just start lagging behind. Like, I'll say something and then they'll respond two seconds later when that's not how it happened.
1: Yeah, if, unfortunately, you have to deal with the, over the you know internet deal, whereas on If Lands Could Kill, we're fortunate enough to all be like in the same room together, uh, so there's no like delays that wise.
0: Yeah, I'm working on actually, I'm going to be buying, a, what do you call it, I guess an audio interface for my computer, okay. to be able to have at least two people record at once, I had just have two separate mics and um, cause I've got a project I'm slowly working on. It's just pain in the ass trying to, you know, figure out all the logistics for it is I'm working on trying to interview more local quote unquote pro players or local grinders and some store owners around the state of Florida. Right. And I'll travel to them if I have to, it's, I don't know. Cause I just feel like, especially in the magic scene, Florida isn't that well represented, I guess, because okay. we don't get a lot of grand Prix here. We get—I don't even remember the last time a grand prix was here in Florida—and we don't get a lot of Star City Games events either. Huh, interesting. I wonder why that is. Just ca- probably just location. Um, does Cal doesn't California get that get a lot of them or no? I mean, uh, I think we get a
1: decent amount of GPS. I don't really. Uh keep tabs on it too much, but I know uh, there's Star City events pretty frequently, um, about 20, 30 minutes north of me, so it's not that far of a drive. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah.
0: It's, um, <clears throat> so, how long have you been playing Magic for now? Let's get into some Magic here.
1: All right. That's what I like. I like to get the BS out of the way in the beginning and then get into some Magic, you know, my style.
0: Oh, don't worry there there'll be more bs along the way. So. <laughs> I, I hope
1: so. I hope so. <laughs> but uh, I started playing Magic, uh Gatecrash had just come out and um <clears throat> me and uh a, a group of friends of mine, uh we'd been uh we we decided we wanted to start meeting up and hanging out because you know, we were starting to grow up a little bit. We had jobs and girlfriends and we we found that we couldn't make time for one another like we used to. Um, so we all got together on Mondays and we started playing this board game called uh, Risk Legacy, and it's um, you know there's a lot of like legacy games out, but pretty much it's like a one time use board game. Um, even though there's there's 15 games, uh, 15 rounds. So, anyways, uh, you know you play one game and then you. Just depending on what happened, you make adjustments to the board. Like you rip up cards or you write with a marker on the board. And so the next game is different than the last game. And so, anyways, we finished that up. Um, I won, no big deal, uh, the whole thing. And uh, so we were trying to figure out what to play next. I suggested Magic because. When I was a kid, there was a neighbor of mine, you know, a couple years older. He tried to teach me how to play. You know, I was a dumb kid, and he got frustrated. And so that was, like, my first interaction with Magic. I just remember there being lands, and that was it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember much else. So, uh, yeah, we started playing. Um, We started going to a local card shop out here called Crazy Fred's. Um, He was really cool, he'd let us uh, come in there on Sundays and just play, and whenever we had a question, we could just go over to the counter and ask, and uh, yeah, we just kind of all fell in love with it immediately.
0: That's cool. So what are you mainly playing in Magic, or what formats are you really playing right now? So right this second,
1: um, I try and have at least one deck in every format, uh, or most formats, um so I have an eight-rack deck in modern. I have a couple commander decks, my favorite being the the Mirren of Clan Nelthof deck. Um standard I have a very horrible deck that's not doing very well, but I've already committed to buying a bunch of foils and everything. It's uh, a <laughs> blue black zombies. Um it's yeah, it's just it's an amazing deck. But just, it's not good in this meta right now. And I'm have just. Have you like, tried the red, black zombies? So I just recently saw that list and it really piqued my interest. Um, for me, playing that scrap heap scrounger is very counterintuitive because whenever I put stuff in the graveyard, I want it to come back. I don't want to have to exile stuff to get it back. You know, I want to keep everything in there. But apparently, it's doing pretty good. It's putting up some results um so i'm contemplating uh running a version of that um but i'm not really i'm not really a big fan of net decking not that there's anything wrong with that everyone enjoys magic at a different capacity on a a different level and sometimes people like to enjoy it because of winning you know and winning is never really a big concern of mine i mean i like to win but uh i like to have fun and run kind of janky decks um so I'll probably make a a, a weird version of it uh, for myself. Okay. And and, and uh, tiny leaders. Uh, nobody talks about it anymore at all. Uh, we don't even talk about it on the podcast, and we were big proponents of it, but we still play it all the time. Uh, it's probably our f- favorite format. And uh, for those who don't know, it's just it's a small version of Commander. Um, so, anyways. I have I don't even know how many tiny leaders decks my favorite one being an esper mill deck. And uh oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly. It's there's just it's fun when you have to put parameters on something, especially very silly parameters such yeah. as you know, tiny leaders where you can only have 3 mana cost or less and it breeds creativity. And I find that interesting that you have to go and really like do some research to find out some weird interactions and in the most powerful car- cards and all that. Um, but as for other formats, I think the only other one... Oh, actually, there's two. Uh, Popper, I'm running a Grixis uh, reanimator list. Uh, just trying to get uh, Ulamog's Crusher out as soon as possible with haste. I think the soonest I can do it is turn two, but that's like, you know. Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I've only done it, you know, a handful of times, um, but it is possible. Um, And then the new format I'm trying to get the guys into is a format called Frontier. Uh, It's not an official format, um, but I think uh, there's a shop in... Japan, I'm not don't quote me on this, but it's uh Haruruya or what however you pronounce that. Yeah, store.
0: yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about that on the body as I was dying when you were saying the name. I mean that that's what it sounds like how you pronounce it, Haruruya, but just Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> i I'm thinking of hallelujah.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm thinking of a mispronunciation of hallelujah and that's just, you know, hilarious, <laughs> but I've heard other people uh pronounce it and it's totally not hallelujah. So uh. <laughs> 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 but that's that's how I like to pronounce it. Uh I guess they they put it on a tournament and it was pretty successful and they're continuing to do so and I think um one of the guys who is on um heavy meta uh awesome every day or something like that he works up at face-to-face games in uh canada and he yeah. jumped on the format and he is a big proponent of it too and he even started his own podcast um i'm not sure if it's on the mtg cast or not but if you want to look it up i think they have a website MTGFrontier.com or something like that and basically it's just m15 and up you know there's a ban list but there's nothing on the ban list at the moment and the formats just super new and don't even really have like all the rules down yet but it's just M15 and up
0: yeah that I've been reading up on that on that format and I'm I'm really excited to dive into it I haven't built a deck yet or anything but the one deck that I want to build and actually there's two decks I want to build cuz I loved playing this deck when m15 came out that's the blue red and soul artifact deck mm,
1: yes very powerful
0: yeah because before before m15 came out all i really did in standard was net deck because you know i wasn't really confident in my you know homebrewing skills yeah. and all that but as soon as i saw insole artifacts spoiled i knew i had to build some sort of brew at that point <laughs> and um it was it was actually really terrible because M15 didn't have a lot of the supporting cards for insole artifact. Not until Origins came out, right? And um, it's that's always been my favorite card from M15, and I'm super excited to build that deck again to make it even better.
1: Heck yeah, yeah! I've uh, built a uh, blue bat, blue black um, waste Knot deck, Ooh. and that was. <laughs> When same with me, when I saw Waste Not Spoiled, I got so excited, and I knew that I was just gonna try and play this in every format possible.
0: Um, oh, Waste Not was M fifteen.
1: That's yeah. right. And there's you know there's people who try and put it in uh, eight rack and modern, and in my opinion, it's just too slow. I don't have time to be yeah. doing that. Um, but that was like one of my favorite decks when. Uh, you know, that, that weird transitional time when there was like two core sets, um, legal and everything. Uh, so when M15 came out, there was this like three or four month period where I had this ridiculous deck, uh, that had access to, uh, a lot of things from the return to Ravnica block and you know batses oh, and all that and it was just
0: an M14 oh yeah, god
1: it was just super gross and i just loved it and it was it was a brew but it was a good brew you know not like pro tour or gp winning but i would yeah. just destroy people on magic online with it and it was just so it just i had the most fun playing that deck so hearing about this format it raised my interest because one, I get to play with Not again, and two, you know, it's just something new and interesting. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't have access to things like uh, Thoughtseize or any of the other uh, earlier stuff. But as more and more stuff comes out, um, I'm I'm looking forward to making the deck better. And actually, just before uh, we started recording, I played my first game on Magic Online um, against someone who was running like a uh, blue green. Uh, hardened scales deck and so uh oh, he, he ended up taking it down because that is a ridiculous deck now um but uh I'm, i look forward to like tweaking the list and uh f- I, d- I didn't really have like a finisher you know um so uh, looking into some other things but i'm trying to get the guys from if lance could kill to build some decks and hop on there with me
0: yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in building some decks. I wanna the other deck I wanna build is the black green elves deck with Pan Harmonicon or Harmonicon or however you say it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So you can uh, drop that uh, green black elf that does the damage.
0: Yeah, Shaman of the Pack with yes. Pan Harmonicon on the stack. Oh uh, god.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> gross, dude.
0: <laughs> oh, it'd be so nasty with it with that and Collected Company, basically sort of like my modern elves deck in a sense. Yeah. with uh, but without a uh, hermit druid or not hermit druid um heritage druid.
1: Yeah, that sounds fun. There's a I mean the biggest the biggest complaint about this format is that it's only standard plus uh two blocks, right? Something yeah. like that.
0: So, it doesn't really Well, three ha- well it be five blo- plus five blocks cuz M15 through all of cons now.
1: Right, right, right. In origin, five uh, sets. So there's not; it's not a very diverse card pool quite yet. You can kind of just take what was dominating last standard and use that, and just you know be fine. Um, I really think it's going to flourish in the next couple years once uh, some more sets come out, things get really diverse. uh, There's more options to go along and make other decks viable. Um, but right now it's just not, it's a, it's a, it's not, di- it's not deep enough. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah. No, definitely. It's, I think it's the next logical step for the form or for any kind of format. Cause modern is getting to a point where it's getting to be too expensive to get, you know, the tier one, tier two decks. Cause um, the most expensive modern deck I have right now is Grixis Delver. And, you know, Snapcasters and the land base were ridiculously expensive, but, you know, I have it now. But even Grix's Delver right now is fallen off the meta, but at the time I built it, it was, you know, about tier two or so. Right. And yeah. um,
1: Even my eight-rack deck, I haven't f- completely finished it. I need seven cards, and unfortunately those seven cards are going to cost me, like, you know, close to $600 because they're Lilianas and Bobs. And oh, so geez. it is frustrating to be so close to finishing a deck in a format that you like and then kind of having this this bearer to entry, you know, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that is frustrating. I just recently finished my Legacy Elves deck and buying those four Gaia's Cradles, that was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was saving up the money for like almost half a year for it, so... But it was still not fun to pay 600 bucks for four guys' cradles. Yeah. Though.
1: And I think, you know, along with Modern and things like Commander, um, you you kind of have to do what you did where you space it out. You go, you know, I'm going to save up a little bit here, a little bit there. And then, you know, after so much time, I'm going to be able to invest and finish this deck. Um, but for, you know, magic addicts uh, like ourselves, we we want what we want now. And it's, uh, oh, I know. <laughs> it's hard to just like save and wait. And, you know, I just, I just want to buy a booster box, you know, no, I got to save for the lilies, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. It's like, Ooh, the new sets out or I could finish my modern or legacy deck, you know?
1: Yeah. I've bought one pack of Kaladesh since it's come out. Uh, because one, I don't really have the money for uh, magic at this moment, but two, anything I do have, uh, I really want to save to, to finish all these, these other decks that I have.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I wouldn't have probably any Kaladesh right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we just bought a house back in May and, you know, we're any kind of extra money we're setting aside for either, you know. New furniture or whatever the f- fuck else or whatever the kids need, you know, because th- apparently they need food and clothes and shit. And it's kind of ridiculous.
1: Yeah, can't they just eat commons or tokens or something? I've got plenty of that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever watch um Narcos? No. Well, there's a scene where I I guess um you know you know it's about Pablo Escobar, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, there's a scene in season two where he burns like two million dollars to keep his family warm from the cold. And it's like, you know, I I could do that to my kids. Like, I'll just burn a bunch of magic cards like, yeah, we don't need heat or electricity. (laughs) You guys are good.
1: Yeah. Got all these basics here from fat packs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that shit. Oh, man. Um, No, but that's cool. I'm I'm excited about Frontier and I hope it. Takes off. I hope it's not something like Tiny Leaders because I never got into Tiny Leaders. It seemed really interesting, but I couldn't find anyone around me locally to play.
1: Yeah, that was unfortunately the 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 problem with the format is that. Well, one, you know, it was a it was a flash in the pan, and a lot of the uh, MTG finance people uh, started speculating on the format as soon as it came out. So a lot of the prices uh, for you know, really cheap cards went up because they were speculating and that really stopped people from getting into it. And also, you know, it's kind of just a janky little format. So, uh, there's not a whole bunch of, um, need for it, but in our area, there was at certain shops, they were running tiny leaders tournaments, uh, like, uh, since they changed the Friday night magic rule to where you could run any format you want. Uh, I was able to attend, uh, uh, Friday Night Magic Tiny Leaders, which, you know, just able to fire. There was just eight people. And uh, it was actually like a really good time just to see what other people brewed and how they uh, attacked what they thought the meta was. It was very interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, and I, I I'm kind of hoping that more people jump into the Frontier format on Magic Online because... Sure, I I wanted my deck to do well and for my brew to you know win and everything, but it was also just interesting to see what the other person had brought to the table and to kind of see their their lines of play and their thought pattern when it comes to the format.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's um, well, I do plan on getting into popper really soon Magic Online because now that they got Drake banned, the Peregrine Drake, right? Um, I want to build the is it. Oh god, what is it called? It has, I think, Kilnfeen and the Defender guy. Oh shit, what is it? And Delver. I think it's is it.
1: Right, right, yeah. There's a, I mean, the Delver that's a popular, um, just a popular card to play in, in Popper because of how powerful it is. But there's so many different ways to to brew with it that, um, you know, every is it deck is
0: isn't the same as the one you played previous. Okay. Yeah. I know nothing about Popper, the meta or anything, because I was planning on getting into it before, but some people talked me out of it because of the Peregrine Drake. Like if you're not playing Drake, why are you playing Popper right now?
1: Right. And the whole reason that came about is because they reprinted it as a common in, was it eternal masters?
0: I think so. Something like that. Or conspiracy. No, it wasn't conspiracy. Eternal Masters, yeah, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, so therefore, um, it made it legal in Popper, and it just kind of overtook the format. Um, but they did an emergency ban recently, which is really weird for Wizards to really. I mean, it's nice, but it's weird that they pay so much attention to uh, Popper because it is a format that started on Magic Online um, as a as a cheap variation to play, but. Yeah, since they did an emergency ban, now it can kind of go back to the way the meta was before. And uh, I've only played a couple popper leagues. I'm more of like a tournament room kind of guy, uh, you know, free. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> just because I spend so much money just buying the cards and doing drafts and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I really like the implementation of leagues, and it really helps. It, I, I believe, it helped. You know, all the all the formats kind of at a uh, competitive uh, way to play.
0: Oh, I love the draft leagues because that was probably one of my biggest complaints with magic online. Cause I'll get into a draft and, you know, and I hate waiting around for after you're done with your game and you're just like, motherfucker, come on. And you have those two people that always go to time or really close <laughs> to it. But the one thing I love with the draft leagues, is like you, you know, e- even though you're not playing in your pod, it's, I'm used to that because I've gone to some stores where you have almost 30 people drafting and they'll do cross-pod play. So I'm used to that. Um, well, it's not the greatest, but it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do when you have that many people playing. So um, it's – I just love the, you know, you build your deck and, oh, you don't want to play a game right now? Okay, cool. Come back tomorrow and play.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, the, the benefit outweighs the cons that – you can finish uh, three matches in, you know, an hour or an hour and a half. Whereas before, like you said, you have to wait for the two control matches, you know, the control mirror to finish or like, you know, you have to wait for that person who's double queuing. So they're just taking longer (laughs) (laughs) time and, you know, all that crap. And the only con to the draft league is that, yes, you play from people outside of your pod, So there's that bit of information that you used to have, you know, to where, uh, let's say you're drafting mono white, you know, you'd be able to see what red cards are going around the table and what people were possibly picking up. And so you had an idea in your head of what deck you were going to be going up against. Oh, this is one of the red players. I remember seeing this go around and yada, yada, and that was, you know, so ingrained in us or at least the magic online drafters it was so ingrained in us that it at least for me it threw me off at first to where i you know this guy had like three or four murders or whatever and i was like i didn't see a single murder go around and i was (laughs) like oh yeah it's different freaking pods and uh so i mean that's the that's the only con and i think uh this is really pushing uh this is pushing magic online in the right direction
0: yeah it definitely is it's um made me more apt to want to draft online because i don't really get to draft in paper too much anymore it's either because the store i go to usually wants to draft after f&m and by then it's midnight and i'm just like i'm fucking tired i'm too old to stay up this late and shit yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> l- l- let me flip the table and let me ask you a question what sure what decks um are you running
0: in your f- you formats of choice let's see standard standard right now. I don't know what I want to play. I've got two decks built in standard right now. I've got the Bant sort of mid range going on. It's very similar to band collected company, but instead of collect a company, um, I've got the copters, the smugglers copters. I've got Tamio and Gideon in it. That's really the only changes I've made. Oh, and, and the green gear Hulk too. Okay. Um, And then I also have Grixis control build, which I'm going to be disassembling and probably going towards. uh, I'm really looking at the red black zombies because that looks a lot of fun or going towards uh, either Jeskai control build, maybe, because that seems to have a little bit more utility and more answers, especially for my meta right now. Okay, Um, standard or not standard um, modern. I've got two decks I've got modern elves, which is basic modern elves build. It's more abzan than just either black green or black or green white It's I have um a lot of my sideboard is because my meta it, in my local area it's very affinity heavy so I have a lot of white you know stony silence um gotcha uh, a, a lot of the artifact hey I can't think of the names right now. Um, stony silence is the first one that pops up out of my head. And then, um, Grixis Delver, which is my favorite modern deck right now. And then Legacy, I've got Legacy Elves. Um, I do have Mono Green Stompy in Legacy. It's, um, it doesn't have Berserk in it, which I should get a pick, uh, place at a Berserk now that it's so cheap. It's not 90 bucks a pop. Oh yeah, um, it's gone way down. So glad that, yeah, so glad they reprinted that, man. I was so happy. <laughs> um... The one thing I like with my mono green stompy deck is it only plays 10 lands and it has four land grants. Oh wow. Do you know do you know what land grant does? Um refresh me. Uh land grant is um you can either pay the cost of it or you can reveal your hand and if you reveal your hand you go and get a forest out of your deck and then you can play it that turn. Okay. So that's why I only have 10 lands. So I can, I can pretty much play a no land hand as long as I've got one or two land grants in my hand. So that's, that's what I like with that deck. Cause I can do just fine with two forests and I've only taken that. I've taken that mono green stompy to one comp REL event. And I only beat a uh, manaless dredge with it lost completely to everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately I'm not too familiar with, uh, uh, the legacy uh, format besides what I hear on podcasts so um it sounds pretty crazy though
0: yeah, it's um super expensive um it's I'm still learning the meta here and there when i when I get into it. it's um yeah there's still a lot of shit I don't understand with it and then um, they had that eternal weekend couple what was it a couple weeks ago? where they had vintage going on. Yeah, I had no fucking clue what was going on. I just see like, "Oh, cool. That guy's got a black lotus or that guy's got a, you know, Mox Ruby or something. That's awesome." I don't know what he's doing and he just won in two turns. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see in Commander. Fuck. I've got so many fucking decks in Commander right now. Um What's your favorite at the moment? Oh, my very first one, Kruphix the God of Horizons. Oh, okay that deck has evolved the most it used to just be um a hydra deck when i first built it and um you know i just had a shit ton of hydras and a lot of ramp to get to it but now it's here let me send you a link to it in the chat you can just i i don't know if you see the chat window there yeah i got it okay yeah that that's what it is right now i think that's what it is um there may be one or two cards that are different, but for the most part, that's what it is. And I've surprisingly, you know, won quite a few games with that list right now. And it's um one of my favorite cards in this deck that have won me so many games is where is it? Um, where is he? Where are you? Hydra broodmaster has won me so many games in this deck
1: when it becomes monstrous put x XX green Hydra tokens on the battlefield yeah I can see that being gross when you just have a almost endless supply of mana
0: yep that's pr- yep that's always been my favorite card in that um I don't put the I know I have the new Ulamog and the new Kozalik in that deck. I want to put the other Kozalik and Ulamog in it, but it just I don't know, it just feels so nasty. Like especially the two older ones are just a little bit nastier than the new ones.
1: Yeah, in our uh little uh play group, we don't uh
0: use any of the older Eldrazi just cuz there's too many feel bad moments with them. Yeah. It's um. I usually only play this deck if I'm up against people that are a little bit more experienced with EDH. Because if I play this deck against new people, I feel bad. Because I'll I'll even take it really easy on them and go really slow. And I'm just like, you guys just let me save up, you know, 200 mana, and <laughs> I just puked up my <laughs> puked up my deck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other commanders I have, I have Nin the Pain Artist, which is the only thing that Nin the pain artist really does is just draw cards. And I win by drawing cards. doesn't really do much else. Um, then I've got probably one of my favorite theme decks that I built is Corona, the false God. It's a God deck. And let me cool. send you that list. It's, it's really terrible. It's, it's terrible because it's so slow, but it's super fun when you're in just a casual game. Um, not when it's more because the one thing with my local game store is the EDH players there are all super competitive so some of my decks are a little bit more competitive and a little bit, little bit more fierce because to even stand a chance I have to be a little bit more competitive so but this this Corona deck I don't think I've ever won a game with it but I have messed up a lot of people with it though
1: <laughs> You you've killed them before you were killed
0: Oh, I've killed some people with it, but I've always yeah, I've, I've never won a game though.
1: <laughs> yeah, my first um, <clears throat> EDH deck was uh, Demir Zombies with um, Grimgrin as the commander, just because I'm a big fan of tribal. It's very appealing to me, um, and walking that fine line between theme and and power is always exciting. Um, but yeah, that deck. Uh, unfortunately, I accidentally put a uh, kind of uh, infinite combo in there kind of <laughs> having the commander uh, rooftop storm and grave crawler uh, going off with that to where you cast your zombies for free. If grave crawlers in the, in the graveyard, you can just keep casting him and sacking him to grim grin. And in conjunction with, uh, you know, some other cards, uh, especially one that uh, I forget the name, but it's a creature. Whenever a zombie enters the battlefield under your control, uh, opponent's creatures get -1 minus -1 one, minus one, so i can just wipe the board and there's just kind of all other silly stuff i can do but we're not a big oh, fan geez. of the infinite combos here um but i keep telling them i'm like well it's an infinite combo but it's not like i can just like beat all three of you at the same time i'm sure i can take like one of you out so um but yeah my 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 favorite one at the moment would be the Mirren of clan nelthof just you know, enter the battlefield triggers from bringing stuff back from the graveyard. And That's the
0: new one, right? That yeah. came out last year?
1: Yes, it was. the uh, One of the cons okay. that came out last year. And I've just been enjoying it ever since. And apparently, uh, Mirren is known to be really hard to handle. So when I play on Magic Online, I'm, I always have a target on my back. Have you?
0: I, uh, how is EDH on um, Magic Online? I've never tried it out on there. So imagine taking a bite out
1: of a shit sandwich and then washing it down with urine. But then for some reason you're still (laughs) happy about it. You know, it's like, so magic online obviously has its quirks. Um, EDH, uh, can be kind of long and boring and monotonous. And so you take those two horrible things and put them together. And for some reason, at least i still find it fun um unfortunately the battlefield gets really squished down um so oh, you're, yeah. you're always having to like click through their graveyard or the exile zone and readjust the window sizes and you know all that stuff but it provides me an opportunity to play edh because when the podcast gets together we usually like to play beforehand or afterwards and we're not always in the mood for edh so maybe like once a month i get to play so what do i do the other you know times when i get the the itch to play edh and uh, magic online really fills that void for me and also a lot of the expensive cards that are in paper are relatively cheap on magic online because there's not such a high demand uh, for EDH cards on there, so something that might be like you know twenty bucks in paper is like two or three bucks on Magic Online because it only sees play in EDH. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and you know it depends on the time of day if you can find a game or not. But usually during the day, you know you only got to wait you know a couple minutes, five minutes to jump into a game. So I've been uh, enjoying
0: that a lot lately too. That's not too bad. Um, my store, my store is, like I said, really popular with EDH. They've started this new thing on Sundays where if you bring a new person with you, you know, you, you know, you obviously, you know, want the new person or, or whatever pod they're in. You know, they want other people that are either new or going to take it really easy on them because they want the new person to enjoy magic and get into it. And all that, and they're they've been doing this little initiative where you know you play, you spend or you pay ten bucks for the whole day to play, um EDH, and you win prizes throughout the day. Like if you win your pod, you get I don't know a free pack or something like that. And it's it's actually been doing pretty well getting new people into EDH
1: nice yeah that's really cool i remember when i was new i had no idea what edh was and it almost it was very daunting to think of building a hundred card deck and you know all this stuff so um encouraging the newer player to to get into a casual format like that's uh i think it's a fucking winning idea
0: yeah the only downside to getting new people in the game is all the money that they're going to be spending
1: right right and (laughs) and if they're anything like me i just want to foil out everything so something that's like a buck is now like six bucks and it's just like ugh,
0: ugh. i guess i've never really i I mean i understand people that want to foil and all that but i've never been one of those i've got to have foil everything because most of the time especially when i want you know, a modern deck. I don't give a shit if it's, I don't care if it's heavily played as long as it's legible and I can use it in a tournament. I'm good. I don't care.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I don't even care if you give me two, two halves of a Liliana, I'll tape them together and play with it. But, uh, as for commander, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the cards are, uh, at least in my zombies deck were relatively cheap and foil and it was like my first one. So I kind of wanted to make it all, all cool and foil, but, uh, Yeah, I don't really I don't really care. As long as I get those foil double sided zombie tokens, those are just amazing. I love those. What set is that from? It came out in the pre release for oh geez, was it Eldritch Moon or maybe oh, okay. uh the one before that, but uh yeah, they just came in the pre release and uh I've always wanted like foil tokens, so a wizards approved foil token, especially a zombie too. I was like all about that.
0: That's cool, yeah. No, I was seeing if I had any, but no, If they only came pre-release. I don't usually play pre-release anymore, because it's, um, I just don't have time for it, especially a midnight pre-release. I can't do that anymore. Oh, oh God, yeah. I'd die.
1: I, the last pre-release I went to was M15, I want to say. Or maybe, no, it was, uh, it was Cons. And I really wanted to go to everyone, you know, but... There's always just something, especially with my work and school schedule or, you know, devoting time to family or girlfriend or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, you know, it just – it's in the whole scope of things. Like, yeah, it's not really that important.
0: Yeah. No, I know what you mean. What are you going to school for?
1: So I ended up changing my major to um, computer sciences. So, like, I would love to be involved in game design and stuff like that. Um, One of the problems with... Well, there's a couple problems with my previous major of uh, audio engineering. One, um, like I said, I used to do a lot of partying. Um, So, during most of those classes, I was, you know, under the influence of something. So, I mean, I I aced all those classes, but I literally don't remember anything I learned. So, it's kind of a waste (laughs) uh, looking back. Um, So... And it's a very small uh, field, you know, to, to find a job in. It's very narrow. Um, there's not a lot of studios out there um, who are taking people in. It's a lot of live sound gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so with computer sciences, um, I mean, I really had to think, like, what do I want to do? What do I enjoy? I enjoy games. Well, what am I good at? I'm, I'm not half bad at computers, so maybe I can go into that. And looking into it, it's like the – the range of jobs you can get with a degree in that field is almost endless. So I figure that'd be a lot better than being forced to be like a, a roadie for, you know, some crappy band
0: or something. Yeah, definitely. So you're getting a degree in computer science. Is there, are you just interested in game design or is there programming you're interested in or,
1: um, you know what, this is, Uh, I'm, like, early on in the, like, I've finished almost all the general ed stuff, but I'm taking the, you know, the beginning classes uh, for it, so we're not even really learning anything cool. But as for the the programming and stuff like that, like, I'm not familiar with um, any of the programs, but uh, I'm just, I'm happy that I'm, you know, finally um, found something that I'm excited for and interested in.
0: Yeah, no man. It's um computers is a good field. That's what I do for my day job. I'm a network engineer by day in a for a healthcare company. And it's it can be a lot of fun. Right now, in this part of part of the year or time of the year, it can be pretty slow. So a lot of what I'm doing is just God, more paperwork than anything. Not even really doing computer shit a lot of it's just getting prepped for next year for any big projects and since we don't really have the budget because it's the end of the year you know so but um i'm actually planning on going back to school hopefully next year or the year after to actually get a bachelor's and what i'm actually doing which is computers because right now i just have an aa degree in graphic design okay yeah, it's not even because I went to school for graphic design thinking I want to be a, you know, artist or some crap. And <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, it didn't work out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's never too late to go back to school. And uh, we're living proof of that. I mean, whether it's you just want to do something new or whether you just, you know, smoked and drank your way through your teens and 20s, you know, you can always, always go back to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. man.
0: <laughs> no, but that's cool that you're going back. And um. Now that's awesome. If I don't know if you ever need any assistance in, I guess, exploring other fields of computer sciences, especially with like information technology or information security. Because even though I'm doing networking right now, I'm really interested in the aspect of cybersecurity because working at a healthcare position, I have to be really mindful of cybersecurity because we deal with a lot of patient health information. Right. So a lot of the things like my coworkers will get mad at me cuz we have, you know, systems engineers needing to set up a new server but I will lock that shit down. Be like you can't access XYZ because, you know, if there's any patient health information on there, I'm not going to get my ass, you know, fired over it if it somehow got hacked.
1: Yeah, it's a <laughs> that can be a pretty big debacle.
0: Yeah. So it's it's not that we'll get into arguments or fights where they get mad at me. It's just sort of like, Oh, they got to deal with it. Cause I guess I can be a little bit of an asshole about it. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm, I don't want to get, you know, sued over this shit. You know, I'm just covering my ass here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, given the circumstance, sometimes you have to be an asshole.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But, um, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, as far as magic goes, the, I just finished building another EDH deck, Actually, I finished building it Sunday or Saturday. I just put it in the chat. I call it Party in the Woods. It's um, Rise the Redeemed. Okay, let's
1: check this out. Let's see what we got going here. Rise the Redeemed. Okay, yes. This card is expensive.
0: Is it? I-, 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 I remember I pulled it from a booster long time ago, so I don't even know how much it is. I think I pulled it when it first came out.
1: Hey, oh, shit. Like- it's
0: like... 15
1: 16 bucks something like that
0: oh shit okay
1: but uh yeah it's, i mean for a one drop you know but yeah this is i wanted to get this card for i'm building a tokens list and so you're going with the elf elf
0: route yeah sort of elf tokens i mean the most of them are elves but there's also a lot of other token bi- generators here and just p- pretty much overwhelm them with tokens pretty much
1: gotcha gotcha Nice. Yeah, I'm liking this list. I'm also on tapped out. I'm not sure how updated uh, some of my lists are. Uh, That's actually one reason I really like playing EDH on Magic Online. One, it's cheaper. And two, I can find out what works and what doesn't work. I get a lot of playtesting in, and I can make cuts and changes (coughs) before I buy it all on paper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's um, That's what I've been using X-Mage for, especially for the standard modern decks. because um, some, Especially some of those modern decks, even on Magic Online, they're freaking expensive.
1: Oh, yeah. Like Liliana's are, you know, let's just say $100 in paper. And they're probably about like, you know, $99 on Magic Online. So there's not much difference oh, when it comes to the very powerful
0: cards. It's a dollar. You know, there you go. It's, it's you'd save a dollar <laughs> even <laughs> snapcaster on magic online is still pretty expensive it's like 30 40 bucks yeah yeah so you're not saving that much especially for some of the more expensive cards but it's <clears throat> standard right now seems to be pretty cheap on magic online you know what i was actually <laughs> reading an article uh the other day i believe it was on
1: mtg goldfish um where standard is the cheapest it's been in a very long time um especially since we just came off the heels of the 700 to 900, dollars you know, Jace Rin- oh, Prince God. prodigy decks um yeah and that that killed standard for me in my shop. Oh, I stopped playing. I just proxied all of my
0: decks. I refused to like buy into any standard cards. Yeah, I mean, I did probably what a lot of the franchise people did i got those cards before they rose up in price but still you know e- even though i had them i didn't have anyone to play with you know
1: right so yeah it's it you know don't quote me on it but it said something that you know the uh back in the jace days um there wasn't any really budget decks because the mana base was so expensive and that's one of the byproducts of having fetches and fetchable lands in standard, or fetchable dual lands in standard, that the mana base itself was, you know, two to $300, and the rest of the deck was pretty ridiculous itself. You know, even, oh, the, yeah. even the mono red decks or even the aggro decks were running a bunch of fetches just to filter through the lands and make sure they have, you know, the right drops on the right turn. So now, you know, you could get... Whatever, you know, if you're relatively cheap option, you can get a mana base for, you know, 80, 80 bucks or 90 bucks or something like that, which is, you know, far less than we were paying before. And with the implementation of all these masterpieces, hopefully that's going to take some of the edge off of the standard cards coming out uh, right now.
0: Oh, I hope so, because as you were saying, the mana base right now is so cheap compared to what it was. I mean... Well, I think the most expensive land card might be six, seven, eight bucks. Right. right. Now. I
1: think it's the white, red dual land or the fast land. That's uh, yeah, and that's yeah. Like you said, it's only seven, eight bucks, which is nothing compared to the twenty dollars fetches we were facing in standard earlier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I did buy them, but it wasn't. I wasn't happy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I bought I bought them too. Um, I well, I wanted them. I'm. You know, I'm an addict, you know, drugs, alcohol, magic cards, whatever it is. And so, and I'm also a completist and it's very frustrating. Like we were talking about earlier with World of Warcraft, you know, I wanted to know all the little bits of information so I could make the best informed decision, all that. So when the fetches became reprinted, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my chance to get the fetches so I can finally build like a modern deck. And so when they came out, I... Not immediately, but throughout their life in standard, I ended up buying a getting a playset
0: of of each fetch. Yep, I did the same exact thing, <laughs> just just so I could have them all. And now, um, I've been that way since Theros. Really, you know, because I got all a copy of the Temples, you know, all the pain lands, and e- even if I'm not never going to use the land in standard, I have the thought of well, you never know if it's good in modern or good in Legacy one day. Or if it's reprinted, (laughs) you know. Right, right. That's how I justify it, even though it's a terrible way of justifying it.
1: Yeah, I um, ended up getting all of the shocks. So a play set of every one of the shocks from uh, the Return to Ravnica block. And then all the fetch lands from this last standard. And so it's, although it is, you know, kind of a pain in the butt and it financially sometimes... uh, is a pain, but knowing that I can just make—I pretty much have the mana base to make whatever I want now—is just like a relief. That that's like one thing I don't have to worry about anymore.
0: Yep, exactly. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's um the only time where it gets to be a little bit of a pain in the butt is if I want to build, say, another modern deck or another legacy deck. Well, no, I don't want to do legacy again. Um, <laughs> another modern deck i you know i can take the shocks and the fetches out of the one of my other decks but i'm sort of like well i want to have i want this deck to have its own you know play set i don't want to have to borrow all the time you know that that's my problem
1: yeah i i hate um i use a lot of the same cards in some of my edh decks and i hate having to take um take some out and move them around and you know just cuz if if they get nicked or you know a little wear and tear on them just from uh changing sleeves
0: it's it really uh
1: you know it's just kind of inconvenient
0: oh yeah definitely um no man but yeah <laughs> i'm sending you one of my uh
1: one of my edh decks it's a
0: oh, Zer the enchanter
1: zer the enchanter i call it zer where's my cards uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I, so I tried to build a discard deck in Tiny Leaders, and what I learned was the deck sucks if you don't have the enchantments out that help you, aka Waste Knot or Liliana's Caress or you know whatever enchantment it is. So you know I I, I pulled that deck apart. I hated it, and then I was looking through uh, just some random cards to make EDH decks out of, and I ran across Zer the Enchanter. And for those who don't know, uh, when he attacks, you may search your library for an enchantment card with converted mana cost 3 or less and put it on the battlefield. So, all the enchantments that help me with my discard are 3 mana or less. So, I came up with this deck, and I haven't really seen anybody else run this type of deck, but it just all revolves around, you know, uh, Waste Knot and uh, 8-Rack... uh, I mean I just have a, a Blood Chief ascension everything that has to do with discard shrieking affliction um and I I love the deck and it's kind of horribly oppressive um especially if they let uh Xur live for any significant amount of time uh just because I can I you know if the if there's a threat I can just attack in with zur he has flying and there's certain enchantments or whatever, to make him uh, unblockable so he never takes damage. Um, but you can just bring out, oh, a stasis snare or suspension field or take care of that yeah. threat or whatever I want, and then at the end just throw down a sphere of safety. And you're like, well, I'm good to go, and I can just sit there and uh, you know pick apart your hand while you guys slowly die.
0: Oh, my God. I'm, I'm looking at the list here. It looks nasty. Um, looks fun as hell to play, too.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely fun. And one of my favorite uh, cards that is banned in almost every format is Mind Twist. It's X in a black, sorcery, target player discards, X cards at random.
0: And <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's,
1: but it's like banned everywhere, like even in you know, the, some of the older formats. And so uh, it's just a fun deck to play. And uh, oddly enough, it's also very good uh, 1v1 if uh, you ever like to you know, play uh commander one-on-one, but uh, it's
0: definitely a, a pet deck of mine that, that I love to bring out every once in a while. You know what card you need to get? It's, it's a little expensive. Um, I think it's about 20 bucks, but Academy Rector, you need to get that card in here. Academy Rector. What does that do? Academy Rector. Hold on. It's from Urza's saga. I think it is, or no Urza's legacy. It's a three costs, one mana creature. When Academy rector is put into a graveyard from play, you may remove Academy rector from the game. If you do search your library for an enchantment card and put that card into play, then shuffle your library.
1: Oh yeah. That's wonderful. That's exactly, exactly the type of shenanigans I want to do. There's a uh, enchantment yeah. where I sacrifice, uh, um, where is it? Anyways, it's an, uh, Mind slash. Sacrifice a creature, target opponent reveals his or her hand, choose a card from it, and they discard that card. So it's like, it's better than a thought seize on a stick because you can get lands or you can get whatever you want from them. So with all the zombies what I'm making... What is it making, called again? It's called Mind Slash for one black and a black. Uh, oh, pay, there it is. There it is. Yeah, you pay a single black and sack a creature. So all the... <laughs> it, it gets really gross sometimes because all the zombies I'm making from Waste Knot... And all the mana I'm getting from Waste Not, it just, I go through people's hands so fast to where even if they do have an advantage on board, they end up with no hand and it's, it's just gross. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh man. So yeah, having an Academy Rector, just throw that out there, sack it to that, bring something back. Oh, it's just gross. It's just gross.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. I want to build this now. <laughs> Oh man, this looks fun as hell. Um it it's not the same but it's similar to my Aloro deck cuz basically my Eloro deck is just a giant pillow fort. But okay. um, has, it has it has Academy Rector in it and it has a shit ton of enchantments. Let me let me pull that up here. It's more of a, you know, pillow fort. You can't attack me and I'm just going to watch everybody else kill each other and I'll just come in for the win. Type deck.
1: You know, speaking of uh, EDH, are you looking at any of the new precons to pick up?
0: Oh, I'm probably gonna um, pick up all five.
1: Okay, it's, yeah, um, that's that's actually what Hot Sauce did. Is that he just ordered all five? And that's actually a relatively good idea because there's a lot of reprints and there's a lot of value in the in the precons, and oh, yeah. especially with the partner mechanic. You can just, if you have all of the partners ever printed, then you can just mix and match and make, you know, crazy combinations of uh, commander partners.
0: I'm excited about it. Um, Everybody at my shop is excited about the Atraxa one, the one that, you know. The counters? Does the, yeah, the counters. Everybody's already talking about, oh, I'm going to build, you know, Super Friends EDH and all that or they're going to do infect and I'm just like, Oh great. I'm going to have to put up with that bullshit for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really want to do, um, it's been a deck I've been wanting to build for a while, but sort of my own flavor is the, um, Z drew the group hug deck. Okay. Where you just start, start giving people shit. That's, you know, not beneficial for them. Right. So it's, I don't know. It's just something I want to build slowly. But I've got like three other EDH decks that I'm slowly building because when it comes to deck, you know, formats that I want to build for EDH is at the bottom of my list. It's sort of when I'm comfortable with, you know, where I'm at with standard, modern, legacy, then I'll start working on my EDH decks. And right. I've got Cranko that I'm slowly building up. I've got Omnath, the red green one, I'm slowly building up, and probably one that you'll like is phoenix a mill deck that i'm building Mm, up yes yes because i personally love mill you know it's one always been one of my favorite casual decks to build and um this phoenix list that i'm slowly building up it's pretty excited about it
1: (laughs) yeah mill is my absolute favorite form of magic uh just because it's it's it mentally messes with your opponent because essentially if you mill 10 cards and that's all you do that turn they get to see their cards in the graveyard and it's disheartening <laughs> when you mill one of their bombs or one of their answers and all you're really doing is just shuffling their deck you know if you think about it you're you're just shuffling and it's irrelevant pretty much what's in the graveyard but they get to see their cards go in the graveyard, and, you know. Especially if it's like, especially if it's a expensive card, you know. Like, oh, I just milled your Liliana, and they're just like, oh man, why, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I hate you so much. And I just that was the first intro deck uh, I, or the first deck I bought was the intro uh, Demir deck and Gate Crash, and it was had a kind of a a mill sub theme to it, and so uh, I've just loved it ever since then. So. Yeah, mill in EDH is kind of difficult. Um, yep. But if you build it correctly, it can be fun. It needs a lot of support. Uh I I have kind of a a little bit of a mill EDH deck. It's the uh it has uh Phenex in it, but it's not the leader. But yeah, when you get Phoenix out there, uh people start freaking out
0: yeah i can't wait to get it done it's probably going to be one of my last ones i build because i just finished rise the redeem i've got kranko almost built it's just some of the i don't i, I don't know i gotta look at my list of what i got left um
1: and this is, Omnath a is, is gonna, gonna this a, this Alora deck is kind of gross now that i'm looking at it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it can be pretty fun um it's of course the, it's the same combo that a lot of the Laurel decks run, the exquisite blood and Sa- sanguine bond right. combo. You get that out and just basically as soon as someone loses life up, oh, they're dead pretty much. Um, and it's like, I say it's very pillow fort like, and I can stop a lot of shit from happening and just pretty much. I can just sit there and be like, Nope, you can't do that. Nope. I'm not going to let you.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I want to say I bought this pre-con and then I just kind of picked it apart for other decks and stuff like that. So I might want to
0: actually try and put this together. This looks, uh, this looks fun. Yeah. It's probably out of all the EDH decks, probably my second quote unquote most powerful deck. Um, I mean, it's been the only second deck that I have that can actually win games. Um, cause actually wait no the the other deck i have is my red white ally deck that i built hold on let me send you that list. it's super aggro it, it it's more made for one, 1v1 than anything cuz in a pod of a a group pod i'm targeted right away because the ally triggers just get insane
1: <laughs> oh i can only imagine I imagine
0: on magic online that screen just fills up with triggers Oh, I bet it's um. I I'm running Munda as the commander. I know Arois the god is much better as a commander, and if I wanted it to be better, I would run him. But Munda just allows me to dig for more allies, which that's why I use him. But yeah. Oh, and oh, I gotta get. I haven't updated that. I didn't. I don't have that um Gideon ally of Zendikar in it anymore since I'm using that in standard. Right now. Okay,
1: so Munda is the new uh, one of the new guys from uh, Battle for Zendikar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he allows you to dig. The What sucks is I wish you hit put it into your hand instead of back on top of the library. That's what sucks about it.
1: Right. And red and white are notorious for
0: not having the best card draw. Nope. But I do have the one counter spell in the deck, the Mana Tithe. <laughs> Which I, I love playing that when someone's all tapped out and they're just like, "Wait, what the fuck?" <laughs> I love that. I I try to put that in all my white. Even if I don't, if I'm not playing blue, I try to put mana Tithe in it. If I'm playing white, because it always just trips them out.
1: <laughs> nobody expects that in EDH ever. No. <laughs> just like how nobody ever expects a lightning bolt. You're like, what three three damage? That doesn't do anything in EDH, but they always yeah. get you.
0: Yeah, man. So let me ask you some questions about the podcast. Um, So you guys have been doing that since, what, 2013, you said? Yeah, roughly. Um, yeah. Where are you guys hoping to take it? Are you guys hoping to just keep doing what you're doing or, so, or trying to get it more popular or what?
1: So we started it kind of as just to have fun. Um, We got a lot of influence from Heavy Meta and The A-Team and uh, like Monday Monday Night Magic. Um, I was just listening to those and I was like, man, you know, if if they can do it, then I can do it. And uh, my group of friends and I have always tried, you know, been curious to try, uh, you know, creative outlets, you know, whether it be like sketch comedy or something like that. So we figured we'd give it a shot and turns out, um, you know, we, we make each other laugh and, and we know a thing or two about magic and kind of both of those things combined added for a apparently decent listening experience. Um, so in the beginning it was more for, uh, I think our tagline was, uh, for novices by novices because we hadn't been playing for all that long. Um, so we and also like a lot of podcasts they kind of go over uh a beginning player's head to where they mention things and they don't explain themselves and i always found that super frustrating and so i was like you know let's kind of make this for the newer player um and recently we've we've kind of gotten away from that um start out with uh the the four friends um a quickness uh soon left i think it was like you know episode 12 or something like that. <clears throat> he ended up leaving the cast and it was just the three of us. And, and like I said earlier, uh, hot sauce was talking with, uh, crow at, uh, at work and, uh, invited him over and crow took to magic, like a duck on water, you know, just immediately buying a booster box and, and getting into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, he's, he's new to our group of friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, I mean he kind of fits right in. We a bunch of us have kind of settled down in our craziness, but he is kind of still, you know, loud and obnoxious and uh, you know, fits right in with the rest of us. So um but uh yeah, we don't we don't really know exactly where we want to take it. We we like where it's at right now. We like um we we're thinking about doing like a um a Patreon and we talked about it. One of our listeners suggested it. And we talked about it and we're like, you know what? We don't want a Patreon. We don't want your guys' money. We are just having fun doing this. Like, it's just friends hanging out, talking about magic and making each other laugh. And if that's entertaining to anybody else, like, that's cool. Right on. Um, and we, we don't like – we like not having a sponsor. We like not really having anybody to answer to. Uh, we do what we want. We we talk how we want. Um i mean we we kind of amp it up for the podcast, as you can tell, I'm not cussing left and right and making horribly inappropriate jokes, but you know when you <laughs> when you get around like you're really good friends, you know you oh yeah, your good friends know your intentions, they know you don't actually think those horrible things that you say, but in the moment it's funny you know to to say oh yeah, bad, bad stuff, you know, like just. You know, I won't go into it because your show is relatively nice and neat. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we just talk about horrible stuff uh, before we talk about magic. And uh, we find it funny. And, you know, there's a subset of magic players who find it funny. And so we just uh, enjoy putting it out there for you guys. Um, but as for additional content or anything, um, I know we'd love to be more regular with the videos. We'd love to maybe put out some merchandise. Uh, we've had some merchandise uh, just kind of made for us, uh, some T-shirts, some hats, uh, some coasters. Uh, we gave away some of the coasters to some listeners for a contest. Um, I know we'd really like to uh, have more listener involvement and maybe promote ourselves a little bit more, um, but I know, like, regardless of how popular a podcast is, uh, there's only a certain, uh, number of people, listeners who are going to, uh, interact. You know, it's just some people just want to listen. You know, they don't, they don't want to email and ask questions and, you know, tell dick jokes and, you know, all that fun stuff. So, um, and we kind of just, we kind of play it by ear. You know, we, uh, me and Hot Sauce, um, are doing kind of like a, another magic project on the side, which hopefully, uh, by episode 100, uh, will be revealed. And, uh, we just like, yeah, we just like being creative. We just like, um, integrating the things we like into, into being creative. So whether it's, you know, podcasting or music or videos or whatever it is, uh, we just like, uh, and creating and putting a smile on somebody's face.
0: Yeah, no, that's, um, that's really cool. Like I said, I told you earlier in the interview that, um, you guys are probably one of my favorite MTG podcasts, if not my the favorite. Um, just because like I say, you guys have that real chemistry going on and it's, it's more of a, you just, it's like, we're getting to, I guess, be voyeurs into listening to how you guys talk. And, you know, you're not really putting on a show per se, if that makes any sense. You're just recording yourselves having fun, you right. know?
1: Yeah. We you know, just kind of get the, we kind of get to just be ourselves and then record that for people to listen to. And, you know, I think also that's what maybe you were getting at in some of your earlier episodes to where you, felt like you weren't doing that and it started to feel kind of like that's not what you want to do if you don't want to be who you think somebody else wants to be you just want to be you and you just want to enjoy what you're doing and when you don't enjoy what you're doing makes you not want to do it anymore
0: yeah yeah and that's where especially since that episode i've been trying to do more stuff that you know i'm interested in talking about it's because the biggest complaint I have with a lot of magic podcasts and it's all of them have the same format where they'll talk about the news of the week or they'll talk about spoilers and you know, it's especially when you're, I guess involved with magic as much as you and I are, we already know all the news of the week. We already know all the spoilers that are going on. And I don't really feel like hearing people reiterate that. Right. Again, you know, especially when cause I I like listening to a lot of magic podcasts and I even that's what I like about MTG cast where when there's a new magic podcast, I'm like, ooh, let me go listen to it. And if it has terrible audio quality, I'll try to be like, OK, you know, I'll get over it. But the format is just exactly, you know, either something really boring or there's no chemistry there. You know, I'll try to be like, okay, it's the first episode. You know, that's okay. Give it a couple weeks, and it's still the same thing, still same audio problems. It's, it just kind of gets me like, okay, these guys aren't really trying that hard then.
1: Yeah, you definitely, at least for me, when I'm listening, there needs to be a chemistry. Um, there's, I mean, I won't name the podcast, but there's a certain podcast came out, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested. I, I know these people from Twitter. It's gonna be good and it just sounds like they don't want to be there. It sounds like someone's forcing them to do the podcast and it's like that's not enjoyable. Like I value what you guys have to say, but it's like do you are you sleepy? Do you have somewhere to be? Like yeah. enjoy, enjoy what you do. And I don't know, that really that really turns me off uh from a, from a lot of podcasts is the same thing of just kind of this formulaic um uh, way to go about uh, mtg podcasting
0: yeah and there's also other podcasts that will interview pros as well and um there's one that's still relatively new that i like the way he does it a uh, kitchen table magic um he'll interview a lot of pros and like community members and he does a really good job it's like npr style almost but the one complaint i have with it is it just sounds way too edited like we were talking about earlier where as soon as he asks a question they'll immediately answer and it's like that's not how interviews really are sometimes you know
1: yeah i uh, both of us have an appreciation for the the realism aspect of uh entertainment and i want to hear the us and the fucks and the you know fuck i forgot what that card name is you know as long <laughs> yeah. as it doesn't go on for an extended period of time you know but um Cause that that's just real and i i can appreciate um i appreciate that i i don't know maybe it's the the punk rocker in me but you know the being fake to a certain point is just it's bothersome and unattractive to me
0: oh yeah no i know what you mean it's um there's another magic podcast um i think he's been doing it for a while i'm not going to name names but it's he'll interview pros like every week or something or or grinders that have top date GPs or opens and whatever and he'll literally ask the same exact questions to every single person. I mean, there's it's understandable to have sort of a um oh, what do you call it? like I guess like a bucket of questions, I guess, cuz I cuz I have that whenever I've interviewed, you know, star city games grinders in the past or you know mrs mulligan i'll have a set of questions i want to ask them but then i'll evolve those questions that they go on depending on how they answer it you know
1: right right yeah i mean you not everyone can be you know like the actor's studio to where you know it's like that same james lipton like what is your favorite (laughs) curse word you know like yeah we don't really care we want to hear about you know something else
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But um, no, there's the one thing that I really do when I listen to magic podcasts is not really try to imitate them, but just sort of see, like, what are they doing that maybe I can take and maybe either make it better or or maybe they're doing something that I'm not doing. You know, because the way the way my personality is, is when I take on a project, especially with podcasting, like I had no interest in podcasting until earlier this year when my friend mentioned since he knows I was so into magic, he's like, you know, why don't you just start a podcast? I'm like, "Okay," Um, but it's whenever I take on a project, something like this, I will do my damnedest to make it as good as I can. Right. And um, so that's one of the things I do is I'll listen to other podcasts and just sort of get a feel for how they're doing it and then either incorporate it or make it better or something like that.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And that's like, you know, with, with Heavy Meta, I'm not sure if you're fans of them, but they are kind of out there and they are vulgar and they're sometimes don't even talk about magic. And But what I took away from that is that you can just be yourself. You don't have to be you don't have to formulate it how everyone else is doing it. you could just do it however you want to do it and it kind of gave me this sense of uh freedom and then with the a team uh they kind of they do what they want, but they're a little bit more professional about it and they have a little bit yeah. of a structure and so I kind of took away from that is that you know you can't just be all over the place all the time you know there needs to be some sort of structure and some um, you know, you can't just say weird, mean things just for shock value. You know, if it's organic uh, during the conversation, you know, then to say something funny, then whatever. But, you know, this is still a listening experience for someone. And, you know, we can't be talking over one another. We can't be saying like inside jokes that nobody else is going to get. And, you know, it still has to be entertaining and, So there's, yeah, same with me. I just try and pull from different sources and try and kind of make my own little mush ball of a podcast.
0: And it's something that, I mean, you, you, you you and the other guys have been doing a lot longer than me, but it's especially this year. It's something I've enjoyed doing a lot because I mean, going into this, I never thought, you know, I would get sponsors or anything like that. Cause that wasn't my intention. But of course, if, you know, if I can figure out a way to make money in something, I'll do it, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, um, it's what I enjoy the most. And I'm sure you've had this experience when I get a listener, send me an email and say like, Oh, Hey, I really enjoyed this episode because of X, Y, Z. And it's just like, my first reaction is like, who the fuck is listening to this shit? <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, and then then it just makes me like really appreciate like, wow, you know, they took the time to listen to this and write me and I really, really appreciate that. And
1: oh, yeah, definitely. That's like that. I think that's the the biggest. What's what's the phrase I'm looking for? That's I'm like most excited when a listener emails or tweets or something and tells me how much they like it or, hey, this is cool and like. Awesome! Somebody's enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying doing it, and yeah. we even got um an email. Uh, maybe it was a uh, a private tweet or something or email. It was a listener. I I won't mention his name, but he said that he had been um going to visit his dad in the cancer ward, and that you know it was kind of dark times for him, and that he found when he would listen to our podcast, that it was like one of the only times he could just kind of smile and laugh and, you know, enjoy himself during during that rough road he was going through. And that's like, I started like tearing up when I read it because I was like, this is, this is like something off a movie. Like, this is not something that I envisioned when we started doing this, you know, we just do this to entertain each other and like you said like people are listening you know and to and to get that feedback that we're actually making somebody's day better just how when i listen to somebody else's podcast it makes my day better and i laugh when i'm yeah. by myself in the car uh, that was like the the, the most fulfill, fulfillment i've i've gotten from the podcast is being able to touch somebody's life like that and i know that sounds like all like kumbayan shit but like it's real it's like really like touching to have, to be able to give somebody that experience.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Cause it's, it's sort of surreal in the sense of, you know, because like I talked about that one episode where I suffer from depression, it's, I have shit self-esteem. So when I get an email saying like, Hey, they really enjoyed my stuff or, you know, whatever episode helped them X, Y, Z, you know, and I'm just like, fuck man. You know, I'm just rambling on half the time and it's half the time when I'm saying, you know, where I'm talking about depression or losing, it's more therapeutic for me more than anything just to get it out there. Right. You know, so it it's always so surprising to me.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, I, I sent you a tweet about it and like, you know what, it, especially in the magic community, um, we're we're not of the norm you know, so to speak. We're our special own kind. And I know a lot of the magic community suffers from the same issues. I've had like clinical depression since I can remember. And I didn't even know it was, I thought I was just acting like a little stupid emo kid until like it started really affecting my life later on. And, um, you know, like I've talked about on, on my podcast, you know, I've suffered, I've, suffered from drug addiction and alcoholism and depression, and it's, it's a fucking battle. And just to know that there's somebody out there who's, you know, fighting the good fight and is making it through and is, you know, learning how to live life with it is inspiring. And so, like, you know, just when you had that small little episode about it and you were able to talk about it, you know, kind of it brought hope to me that like, hey, you know, so somebody else is, is is able to talk about it and accept it and, and work on it because, you know, if you were anything like me, you tried to keep that shit a secret. You didn't want people to know because people who don't suffer from it uh, are, you know, kind of judgy. Yeah. They're, they're like just, just put on a smile and go to work. It's like, well, sometimes it's it's not that easy,
0: you know. Well, yeah, and I've I've for the longest time before cuz I can remember always suffering depression for even when I was a kid. And um for the longest time, you know, I was always of that mentality of just suck it up you know i just got to suck it up and stop being sad or depressed and whatever and just go out there and then getting older you know you come to realize it's not that easy you know there you could have the best day of your life and then you wake up the next morning and you can't get out of bed right you know it's and it's just it's hard man it's (laughs) and it's just you know when when i think about it when i think about just my life in general you know i have a wife i've got two beautiful kids you know got a good job you know house car all that stuff it's and when you look at it on the surface you know my life shouldn't be that bad and yeah there are people that are suffering way worse than i am you know but it's i guess the one thing you sort of learn is everybody deals with themselves differently Right, you know, like every everybody experiences pain and depression in their own way, and that's something that's hard to understand. But it's it's hard, man. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, not to get too like psychological about it all, but you know, I've um, I'm in a twelve step program. I've worked the steps. I've got to know myself a lot better and kind of figure out myself and other people a little bit more. And yeah, people deal with things in a different way my way was i rather tell you a dick joke than to actually let you know how i'm feeling on the inside and let you in whereas like my girlfriend she tries to put on like the the tough guy face you know to kind of scare people off because she's like you know vulnerable on the inside and so she she doesn't suffer from depression um but yeah we all we all d- deal with these things in different ways and you know, who, who are we to judge how someone tries to just get through life? You know what I mean? Like everyone has strengths and weaknesses and this just happens to be our weakness. And at least for me, it turns out it's just a chemical imbalance, you know? So yeah, I, you know, no amount of writing down steps or, you know, talking with a sponsor, going to meetings is going to make that go away. It helps, but it's not going to make it go away. And I eventually gave in and you know, uh, seeked, uh, you know, uh, psychiatrists and got some pills and, you know, now it's manageable, but, um, it's, it's rough, it's rough and it's, it's okay that it's okay to, you, you don't have to just man up all the time. I think that's a bullshit fucking thing. Just, just man up, you know, like that's, dude, that, that's for prison, you know. Keep that in prison or jail or whatever, you know. Like keep that in Texas. I don't yeah. fucking know. Like, <laughs> I I am a, I've always been, you know, a, a, a sensitive, uh, a male. So I've always had to, you know, deal with um, emotions and, you know. A, a different, I, I felt like I had to deal with them in a different way than most people. You know, I, I always felt things uh, more and I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and, um, you know, it's, but like I said, it's when you see other people doing what you're doing and you, you feel like you're not alone, like yeah. you, you can't succeed when, uh, when there's other people willing to share their, their experience.
0: Yeah, and it, it's definitely, I guess, gives you hope because um, one of the things that and I, I think I briefly mentioned in that episode, but Lord of the Rings, because I, I read the stories growing up and that really helped me growing up because one of the things that I that I learned from the books is that, you know, it, they talk about how despair is sort of a psychological folly because they're there you they're literally because despair means that there's no there's no hope at all. But and if you want to get wishy washy about it, you can also say, well despair is untrue because we don't know the future. Mm-hmm. You know. Because if since we don't know the future, there always is hope, even if it's you know point zero 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 one percent of wh- whatever the issue it is that you're dealing with, and that has always kind of helped me. I mean, not not all the time, but it's at least a little glimmer of hope, you know, right? That things can get better and will get better. And, and the other thing that's also helped me from seeing a therapist, it's something I mentioned on the podcast before, but a rational mode of behavior therapy, where basically it, in to put it simply is you can't control what you can't control. Right. And it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your mind around it, especially when you first start reading it, but it makes sense after a while. And, um, it's definitely helped me. It's even helped me mentally with magic because I love being competitive. I grew up being competitive. I grew up in base playing baseball, uh, doing martial arts fighting and, you know, now magic it's, um, you know, you know, getting mad when losing a game or losing a fight and also losing a game of magic, um, you know, learning that rational mode of behavior therapy, you know, now, I mean, yeah, there's still some times where if I lose a game of magic, I'm just like, well, fuck me, you know, <laughs> N- now I'm just like, okay, I lost. It happens.
1: Yeah. And, you know. and that's like. You know, to relate it to how I learned it, it's just like the step one in the 12 steps. So you know, We admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. And once, yeah. you, once you stop applying the steps just to drugs and alcohol and you apply them to your whole life, it's exactly what you're saying. I am powerless over everything in my life. I'm, pow- I'm even powerless over my own thoughts. You know, have you ever thought, like, a really fucked up thought, and you're like, well, where the hell did that come from? That was crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you mean. You know, like... It's like, you're in tra- why am I planning that person's murder right now? <laughs> exactly. And killing their wives and children.
1: Yeah, and making them watch just because they cut you off in traffic. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I am I'm not powerless over how I react to myself and to the outside world. And once... Once I learned how to like implement that into my life, oh my gosh, it just it relieves so much stress about worrying. You know, it's so easy to get worried about things that you have no control over, whether it's politics or religion or work or you know the stupid coverage, magic online, like wh- whatever it is. Like once you realize like you're powerless, then you you stop you stop fighting with it and you know that's where the yeah. un- the unmanageability is and you you just try to continue the fight and it's causing your life to become unmanageable and not to get all like fucking recovery on you but yeah it's it's it it really helps you know wherever however you learn it you are powerless and it it that's fucking life and it helps to learn that early on
0: yeah, it's it's something I wish I learned much earlier in life. It probably would have saved me a lot of grief. And um, it's, you know, especially learning that it's definitely helped my marriage as well. I mean, my wife knows me so well that she knows exactly how I'm feeling. If I just look at her, she just knows me that well. And I'm just like, motherfucker, I can't hide anything from you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so. that's, that's the same with my girlfriend. I still try. Yeah, and it's because
0: we've been together for so long. It's just one of those, fuck, fuck me. I can't hide anything from you.
1: <laughs> you know, that, that's awesome. Like, I still try and instinctively but, hide uh, my depression from time to time. And, you know, my girlfriend, we've been together almost six years now, and she can see right through it and, you know, helps me out through it. So it's always good to have someone oh, yeah. have your back.
0: And no, my wife and I, we help each other out, you know, because she'll have bad days. I'll have bad days. And, you know, it's we understand each other. So it's it's good. And um, no, but let's change the topic a little bit here. Um, Mention let's even though by the time this episode comes out, we will have a new president. Coming out, and I know you guys don't really talk politics on your show, but I like to talk about it from time to time because I follow it. I've been following politics since I was, you know, in high school and all that. So, um, what do you think of this election?
1: Um, well, in regards to our show, we try and keep the show very lighthearted. Um, there's a lot of serious topics, um, in the world and just in magic in general, um, that we try and stay away from. We just, we want to have a good time and we don't want to talk about all that serious stuff. But, uh, personally, I don't, I don't mind talking about any of it. Um, I act, this is, this is a not popular opinion, but I do not vote. And I know everyone thinks that's so horrible and how could you, and you know, soldiers fought for your right to vote and
0: you should do it. And, well, they also fought for your right to not vote.
1: Exactly. They, you know, freedom is about choice and not freedom isn't about forcing people to do what you think is right. And so like, so the reason I don't vote is because one, I am not well informed about politics okay. or the topics at hand. And two, I don't care to inform myself. So I'm aware that I'm not informed And I know that I don't care about informing myself. So I'm not going to just like watch Fox News and, you know, and CNN and then make an uninformed decision based off of that. And so instead of like, you know, just going out and being an idiot and voting, whether I have no idea what's going on, oh, you just have to vote. You just have to vote. I rather not vote. I rather not be. just add to the mess of misinformation
0: yeah i i can definitely understand where you're coming from um the only thing that i would recommend and i I understand why you're not voting is the one the parts of the election that i feel that are most important especially your local level uh people that get elected, especially like on the school board, um, you know, city council, because that's actually the stuff that affects you the most, the national stuff, like who gets in Congress and, you know, president, most likely that's never going to affect you. I mean, there's a good chance it'll never affect you. I mean, but it's, it's always interesting hearing that, you know, point of view, especially with this kind of election with how toxic it has been on both sides.
1: Yeah, I've I mean. tried, I've tried to stay away from it. I even like uh I I haven't been on Facebook in a while just because it's all over the place, you know, all the negative yeah. negativity and smear campaign and all that. But this this election is just silly. You know, like I find myself going, you know, I kind of wish I was registered to vote because um <laughs> I I you know, Trump is just ridiculous. I am not um I don't subject myself just to one party my ideas are spread all across the board um you know once one subject is liberal one subject is republican whatever you know um but it's it's just silly it's silly what's going on and uh oh
0: it's an absolute circus
1: and i it's you know going back to the powerlessness thing i i try and just Not worry about it too much, but it's like, dude, what is, like, the rest of the world thinking? Like, this—we are just clowns (laughs) right now. Look what's going on. There's this guy who's been on reality TV, you know, talking about this and that his whole life and acting like a clown with his weird-shaped hair. And then there's, you know, Hillary with all
0: her—I don't even know, you know, just— Well, like, being investigated by FBI and— her foundation is being investigated. It's just, it's insanity, man. It's, um, I can't, I mean, like I said, I haven't been following politics for that long. I've been following it since, um, Gore versus Bush. (laughs) So, and I can't even remember it ever being like this before where, you know, someone in a debate says to the other nominee, like, Oh, you're going to be in jail. And shit, just like what the fuck! Like it's hilarious when it happened. Like my wife and I were busting out laughing, but <laughs> it sort of makes you think, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's
1: you know, I, there's a the president is only is only one third of you know the power in the country, yeah. and so you know everyone thinks, oh, they make all the decisions. Well, they don't. But what's really bumming me out is. You know, if Trump gets elected, it's like, what's what's the shit he's just going to say off the top of his head, like during a press conference? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if I were to be the president and have a press conference, I would get us bombed on accident. You know, i just just say, <laughs> say some dumb shit and I'd be like, dude, it was just a joke. And then like, yeah, we're bombed. And so, I mean, I'm no better than or worse than, but... I can only imagine that he would, you know, do the same thing. You know, what was it? I watched part of one of the debates where he said something like uh, indirectly told people to, like, kill Hillary or something like that. It's like, (laughs) really? You can't say those things, dude. How are people even backing you? Oh, the whole lesser of two evils thing? That's not fucking good. That's not a good excuse.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. It's um the one thing that I think has driven me crazy with this election the most, and it's it's not even the two candidates. I think it's more the people on both sides of the party. Um I'm I, I guess if we were to just get it out there, I'm a registered Democrat, but I have a lot more Republican or conservative views now that I'm getting older. Right. Um But the one thing that drives me crazy, both sides do this, is if if you even have an opinion that goes against the grain on either side, they'll just freaking cash straight you out, you know, call you a horrible, terrible person. Or even if, you know, because I, I personally don't like either candidate. Um, I don't like Hillary. I don't like Trump. Um, if I were to say something to a Trump voter that said, hey, I think Hillary may have a good idea for this one policy. You know, I'll be, you know, like, oh, you're the worst person in the world. You know, how could you think that? Right. And vice versa. It's just, it, it. it's, that's what drives me crazy the most. And that's always been prevalent in the past elections, but it's never been as heated as it is now.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, if I had to say one thing to a Trump supporter, it would be, hey, get your dick out of that cow. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know what? I was, I was driving earlier today because uh i have an audio interface and i needed a uh uh the the converter to get to the 16th jack headphone whatever anyways i went to the store on the way back i saw a trump supporter on like on the corner with like a, a, a big old sign but like had like a t-shirt on and it's kind of like had trump's head where the head's supposed to be it said on the t-shirt like trump kicks rump or something like that And I was just thinking to myself, like, does he not have Facebook? Like, why is he wasting his time, like, standing out on the street corner when you can just do this from Facebook? Like, that's essentially the same thing, you know, just spout. Do
0: you you guys not have that a lot over there?
1: Oh, we have that a lot. But I was just, like, curious, because he was an older older gentleman. And I was like, man, why? And he was just by himself. It's not like there was a, a whole gang of people. I was like, does he not? know that there's facebook that this is essentially what he could be doing from the comfort of his house drinking his natural ice and in his boxers you know listening to garth brooks like why don't
0: i don't get it oh that's funny yeah (laughs) because i guess well being in florida i mean i'm in central florida which is more of a melting pot of cultures it's more central florida is more northern than north florida because the further north you go in florida the more southern it gets right so um especially in my area there's definitely more trump supporters than anything because the only way i go by it is all the signs i see on the lawns when i drive by i see trump signs everywhere and i barely see any hillary signs so i mean i see those kinds of people out on the streets all the time especially with the election getting so close that um you know people holding up signs for Trump and all that and same with Hillary it's um I mean if I had to personally guess I would think Hillary will win um I'm not happy with that um because I just personally don't agree with a lot of what she says and I think you know just just like any other politician she's corrupt as hell right. um but I mean Donald Trump is corrupt as hell you know he he does a really good job. As pretending not to be that's what I got to say he does a really good job at rousing his audience and making them believe that he is not part of the quote unquote establishment at all right and but you know if if he does get elected he's going to be a lame duck president because he's already pissed off all of Congress you know. (laughs) <laughs> they're not gonna want to do anything he wants to do. I mean, aren't so. like
1: even like Republican senators like withdrawing support like this is not what we signed up for?
0: <laughs> they're they're vocally withdrawing support, but they've or some of them that have vocally said that have already gone and voted for Trump anyway.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it so makes it's sense. W- you gotta stick with the party and the whole two party yeah. system is stupid, anyways.
0: I know. Well, I mean we got gary johnson and jill stein who are oh god they those would be scary as presidents because like you said i i know you probably don't follow it a lot but those two are god they're scarier than trump and hillary combined i think the most um political
1: information i get is was from either george carlin's stand-ups or from uh <laughs> lewis black's stand-ups and I don't think Lewis Black has put out anything in quite some time. So, uh, yeah. unfortunately, I'm not I'm not well versed when it comes to politics.
0: No, that's all right. It's um, it's something I enjoy talking about once in a while, and it's it's frustrating because sometimes you even see it um, perverse itself in the Magic community too. Because from what I gather, the Magic community is very liberal leaning, and um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just something that you kind of notice, right? And it's just, even at my local game shop, when, you know, the primaries were going on, everybody was, you know, all for Bernie and everything. And it's just, even though, even though being in Florida, even though I'm a registered Democrat, you can only vote in your party's primary. I did vote for Bernie. So even though I didn't care for Bernie at all, I just rather would have had Bernie than Hillary. Right.
1: Yeah. The magic <laughs> but, um, community is pretty, uh, Pretty liberal and pretty sensitive at the same time, um, you know. With the whole, there's always something, something PC, you know, some politically incorrect uh, thing going on with the magic community, whether it's about transgender or race or, you know, something. There's always an uproar about it, but that's kind of that's kind of indicative of what the community is as a whole, unfortunately, right now.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, I just saw an article um, or not an article, but someone wrote a little blog saying they they asked the question, why is the competitive magic scene so full of white males? And I, I was thinking, okay, that's an interesting title. Go to read it. And it doesn't have like any information as to what can be done to change it or, you know, how to influence, you know, women or, you know, minorities to get into it. It just says, oh, there's just white males. It's like, okay, you just freaking clickbaited me, motherfucker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm very open-minded and compassionate and loving, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I don't... Just call me old-fashioned, but I judge people for who they are on the inside, you know? Yep. For douchebag on the inside. I don't care about anything else. Um, So when people go to talk about how just straight white males are just garbage and this and that. It's like, you know, fucking leave me out of it. I do not have any white guilt from my ancestors. They were probably a bunch of douchebags. I have, for the most part, treated women and uh, transgendered or, you know, question mark uh, very well. There's a lot of that in the the 12-step community, and some of them have been my best really good friends and helped me through some hard times. So I just have no guilt for any of that stuff. So when they talk about, you know, average white male, I'm like, you know what? You're, you're stereotyping just like other people are doing to you. And that's, that's BS because I'm not one of those people.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, it's something to really, it's hard to get into that discussion because it's, It's so volatile because you say the wrong thing and things can just blow up in your face. And it's um, it's I just feel like one of the things that's hard to discuss about that is discussing it from, I guess, a more logical and fact based standpoint instead of because when you talk to someone, they're usually talking about their feelings and you can't debate feelings at all you can't say like, well, you shouldn't be feeling that way. You know, who's to say that you're feeling that way because you're feeling that way.
1: Yeah. Everyone's feelings are
0: valid. Yep. So you can't debate that. So that's what makes it a little bit tough, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's something I definitely noticed with the magic community. And that's where I sort of feel like me personally, I don't fit in that well because I have different viewpoints and I'm never going to, go on and say someone's viewpoint is dumb or anything or you know there there's definitely some viewpoints that I don't understand like one of my early episodes was I discussed an article about how we shouldn't say manlands anymore and it just I guess more flabbergasted me than anything because I guess I just didn't understand where they were coming from because if they were so concerned about you know diversity and inclusivity that we shouldn't say manlands, well, shouldn't we be focusing on that on a more local level than just saying, Hey, we're not gonna call these manlands anymore. Okay, let's pack up and go home. Right. And to me, my whole argument was, well, if we want to do something about diversity and inclusivity, we need to do something ourselves and start at a local level and be, look at your own game store. And if it's just mainly white males, then talk with your owner and figure out, hey, how can we get more females to come or, you know, more minorities or whatever it may be.
1: Right. And, you know, there there is um, some ignorance, I want to say, on, let's say, our part, because for one, it sounds like uh we don't see those things at our game store. So, we don't see anything wrong going on, but that doesn't mean that there isn't this type of behavior going on at other places. So, just because yeah. we don't see it doesn't mean it's not going on. That's one of the things that, you know, some of the the people are upset about, you know, oh, you're you're living your little you know, straight white life and you don't see what we have to deal with. And that's, that's a valid point. That's a valid point that mm-hmm. um, other people have different experiences than us. Uh, but as far as, you know, taking it out on, you know, just just random people, that's – I don't think that's fair. And I also agree that, yeah, if you want to make a change, make a change at your local level. You know, if you see something that's unacceptable going on, whether it's, you know, like someone trying to trade jack a little kid you know like oh that you know they pulled an expedition and it's like oh that's not worth anything here take this you know five cent hydra you know ooh that's a that's a big hydra you know um you know so that's like something you can do or if somebody's giving a girl a hard time at a game store um i mean i've never seen that i've seen unfortunately the 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 ratio is always uh towards towards males at uh the local game stores I go to uh but every time there's been a female, there has never been any uh ill behavior or uh you know just weird shit because you know uh the nerdy guys in magic me included you know can put our foot in our mouth and make somebody feel uncomfortable
0: oh yeah yeah, and it's um it's. <laughs> It, I, I understand where those people are coming from in terms of, you know, wanting to be more inclusive and diverse. And it's just, I feel like we as players should do something on a local level while Wizards, you know, and part of one of the other things I mentioned that episode is, you know, who who is Wizards target demographics, you know, of probably, you know, 18 to 35 white males, Because they're probably the ones who buy the product the most if they look at the market research. And so if they want to actually include more diversity, then they need to target their marketing towards that. And I feel like some people just didn't understand that because I look at it also from a corporate point of view, too. Right. You know, because, I mean, in the end, Wizards is a company. They don't care really who you are as long as you're buying their product. I mean, they'll say they'll say on the outside, like, hey, you know you know, we care about diversity and all that stuff. But in the end, they only care about your money.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, like you said, they're still a company, but I think they've done some, uh, decent job of trying to include, uh, the, you know, non white male, uh, characters in magic storyline with, you oh, know, yeah. some of the transgendered, uh, like, a, a Alicia. And I believe somebody wrote an article about, uh, one of the, one of the Frexians uh, back in the, one of the older magic stories, um, had a very similar uh, experience with life that s- somebody who's questioning their sexuality and body uh, go through. So it wasn't necessarily transgender, but the, the journey they went on was similar. And, uh, you know, I think that that's definitely a step in the right direction.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's um, the stories, I think, are getting much better in terms of representing you know especially women because being a father of two girls it's always you know important to me personally that you know making sure women are represented i mean call me a feminist or whatever i don't care it's um because you know my little girls they they need someone to look up to and you know they love um what is it they love chandra and nissa those are probably their favorite you know planeswalker characters in there and um you know, they, they love the fire that Chandra does. And Nissa's all about, you know, tree hugging hippies and all that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, they, they, they love them. So it's, I'm glad for that. And, you know, it's, it, I'm personally happy when I see females come to the store and actually play magic. It's, um, you know, it makes me happy. Cause it's like, you know, because I would love to bring my kids to the store I go to right now. It's probably not the greatest in terms of it being kid friendly. Um, there is another store that's probably thirty minutes away from me that's a lot more kid friendly. But it's the fact of having to drive that far when the store I usually go to is two minutes down the road for me. It's um, you know, it's a lot easier to go to that on Friday nights or Saturday nights compared to thirty minutes away. Right. But it's um. I don't know, man. It's just... I'm, I think I'm rambling on at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Man, just, you know, bottom line, Magic is a very diverse and weird community. And uh, I I find it very interesting on a sociological standpoint of stepping back and taking a look at a, at a group that I've decided to affiliate myself with. And we're just a bunch of weirdos. And uh, at the end of the day, we all just want to tap lands, you know? So... Uh, we're all in this together, you know, sort of tree huggy bullshit.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's, um, I think completely change. Well, not, I guess changes the subject a little bit. Talking about magic. One of the things that have always fascinated me about magic and especially now when I got older and, um, when I, Oh God, what set was out when I was in college? Um, was it Kamigawa or Ravnica? It was one of those the dissension was Kamigawa around when dissension came out. Or um, fuck was it? Hold on. Let me, look. I think
1: it was before my time.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I got back into it in college and hold on, I'm taking a look at release, it's dissension came out. Yeah. 2006, May, 2006. So yeah, yeah. Kamigawa, so Kamigawa Ravnica block. Um, one of the things that's always fascinated me about Magic is, you know, especially when you look at it from, I guess, more of a casual standpoint, not so much competitive, that there are so many cards in this game. And I love the fact that a card printed today can make a card printed back in 1993 absolutely broken. Right. I, I love that fact because it's there's just so much shit you can do in terms of building a deck and that's probably why edh is one of my favorite formats especially because i don't like to net deck in edh i'll net deck in modern and standard you know if i can't think of a cool brew or something like that or if i'm going to a pptq and i want to at least attempt to win or something Um, but with edh it's really i'll find a commander i like and just really try to build it from there And just really try to dig deep and see if there's any kind of broken interactions I can think of.
1: Oh yeah, that's the fun fun thing for me is since I've only been playing since Gate Crash, you know, I've I've got familiar with uh, you know a lot of older cards, but there's still every once in a while there's still a card that'll pop up. I'm like, I never knew this card existed, and this is exactly what I want for this deck. This is amazing, and mostly it's you know from EDH because it's the the non-played weirdo cards like some weird that
0: costs seven mana or something and and that's what i love about edh is when you get excited for a seven mana card (laughs) you're just like oh my god this is so awesome (laughs) (laughs) oh that's what i love about it yeah because i've been playing on and off since urza saga back when i was a kid and back then um the, the shop that I bought magic cards at, they only had booster packs and it was in a small little stand. The guy didn't, you know, have anything else. It was, it was a sports card shop when baseball cards, football cards were all still really popular. Right. And um, so he had a little stand for just magic. Like it was only one booster box. And I remember buying a bunch of Urza's Saga, Urza's Legacy, and we had the problems of the only basic lands we had were what came in the booster packs. <laughs> so we had to sort of quote-unquote proxy you know basic lands just to (laughs) just to have them (laughs) because he didn't sell like intro decks or anything like that where you could get you know a bunch of basic lands and oh those were the days man (laughs) just building terrible ass 60 card decks it was awesome
1: (laughs) you know what Uh, another thing i find interesting with magic which is You know, a lot of people find it frustrating, but I really like the finance side of Magic. Not that I'm good at it or or thoroughly understand it, but I I guess it's just appealing to me because it's a totally different side of the actually playing the game aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Sort of like stock market, in a sense.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I try not to uh, go too deep on, you know, specking on cards or anything like that, but... um, Ever since I had, I had bought. Um, oh, now I'm gonna forget the name. Anyways, I bought this card for ninety cents, and then when all the mono decks came out during Theros, the card spiked up to like ten bucks. And I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna sell my copies. I don't care about playing it. You know, that's that's forty bucks <laughs> in my pocket, and yeah. uh, and I've clearly, clearly lost more than forty dollars on my magic financial um specking since then but uh i've just always found it very interesting the different factors that go into it and um i'm a big fan of brainstorm brewery and um also fast finance brainstorm brewery is kind of you know joking around having a good time but also talking about the finance side which obviously i i love a good you know joke and Fast finance is more of like a straight laced, you know, since you're tie up, we're going to talk about finance and we're not, there's no room for anything else. Um, but I get a lot of information, uh, from both of those podcasts that hopefully are, uh, helping me make a uh, sound financial decisions.
0: Yeah, I can see where it can be interesting. Um, it's, I'm not too into the finance side. I'm interested by it because, you know, I find it, I love when a new standard set comes out and, Oh, all these planeswalker and mythic rares are, you know, 40 bucks. And it just makes me laugh. Cause it's like, I'll just wait a week or two and it will go down to 20, 15, 10 bucks. Right. And all that. But, um, it's, I, I can see where it's interesting. I've actually started, not really started, but slowly have started getting into stocks and, um, and talk about financing stuff. i don't even know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> with it. It's the only thing I do hope it this sort of ties back into politics. Um Florida is having an amendment to legalize medical marijuana. And let's just say if that passes, some stocks I have should go way up.
1: <laughs> and what do you make. own stocks in Cheetos and Mountain Dew?
0: No, no, no. It's um it's actually a hydroponics company that builds greenhouses and equipment for marijuana specifically. So if that amendment passes and the stock goes up, then I should be looking into a pretty good chunk of change.
1: Nice. That's definitely uh, a good place to park it since that's a, I mean, it's, That's spreading through the country is uh, making uh, medical marijuana legal, which is just fancy terminology for, you know, anybody with a headache can get a medical marijuana card. So (laughs) (laughs) at least that's how it is out here in California.
0: Yeah, that's how that's why I kind of hope Hillary wins in a sense, because, you know, Democrats are notorious for wanting to legalize that. So I'm just like, yeah, if she gets elected and legalizes it, you know, nationwide, I'm good. (laughs) i don't give a shit if she you know runs ruins the country in any other way whatever
1: yeah i mean to me i think alcohol is a lot more dangerous than marijuana you know i've all the times i've been arrested have been because of alcohol not because i smoked a joint and sat on my couch and watched the fifth rerun of family guy you know so if they want to legalize it uh that's fine by me but uh yeah out here there's they recently put up like a billboard right on the side of the freeway. Uh you know, hey, come come down and get your medical marijuana card and all this stuff and <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy how like public it is now because before, you know, when I was 18, 19, like you could get a card but like all the dispensaries were like back alley sort of like yeah, you know, cracked in looking places, or you had to drive like an hour and a half up north, you know, kind of close to LA, and um, so yeah, it's a lot more, a lot more accessible now. But um, you know, I I don't, you know, the guys on the podcast still drink, <clears throat> and uh, we usually record at my house, and I'm like, hey, if you guys want to bring beers over, that's fine. Um, I'll let you know if it bothers me, um, but. I don't really judge people for like, you know, drinking or, or smoking weed, but I just know that like, uh, at least for me, like smoking weed was one of my favorite things. So, you know, if it starts popping up at like seven 11 and stuff like that, that's gonna, that's gonna suck. But you know, if they keep it to the dispensaries, that, that's fine.
0: Yeah. I guess that's gotta be a different environment because Florida has always been so against it for such a long time. And, you know, they, they've, Done a good job. Um, um, what is it? I guess demonizing it, demonizing marijuana, especially, you know the, especially the pharmaceutical companies because Florida is notorious for being, you know, Pill City Central, right? Like that, we had a lot of the issues with all the pill mills a couple years ago, where you could just go and you want some OxyContin, you just go to a doctor and say. Pretty much like how you get a medical marijuana card over there, like, hey, I've got a headache, you know, give me some Oxycontin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that's how, how bad it was. I mean, it must have been real bad if that's how it was, because oxycotton took San Diego by storm. So it must have, if it was that easy over there, it must have been, it must have been hell, you know, it just turned everybody oh, yeah. into, you know, dope
0: fiends and douchebags. Pretty much, I mean, there's um the county south of me is you know notorious for being you know where all the pill heads get their shit and it's you know the cops you know are doing their best to clean it up but when they make it so easy and readily accessible it's you know what what can the cops do you know yeah exactly there's so many of them but
1: yeah i, I don't know with the whole medical marijuana thing i think it's i mean if you ask any heroin addict or speed freak you know what drug they started using first? They're either going to say beer or marijuana. So, you know, it's it's all fine and all, but it leads some people down a pretty dark path.
0: Yeah, it's um. I've never been much of a drinker personally because both my parents are alcoholics, and growing up with that was just not very fun. Yeah, and um, it's not that I haven't drank or gotten drunk or anything like that I have before. And there's still times, even though the last time I even had a drink was probably four or five. No, actually, no, I lied. It was about a year ago. I had a drink. Um, But I mean, like really getting drunk though was probably four or five years ago, you know, blackout drunk. Um, But I mean, there's even times now, and I don't know if it's, because I have an addict brain or I grew up with alcoholics where I just really want to go buy, you know, a f- fucking 24 pack of beer and just drink it all in one sitting, you know, cause it's just, I get so stressed from my job and life. And, you know, especially when I'm feeling really down and depressed too, I just get that feeling of wanting to do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I was definitely a downer guy. Um, I hated uppers, but, uh, yeah, it's just, at least for me, it created this like horrible spiral because, you know, alcohol is a depressant and that's not helping yeah. my depression. And, you know, same with, same with weed and all the other pills and all the stuff I did. So, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I forget how we started talking about this, but... Uh, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, oh, man, this is all becoming about, uh, you know, drinking and recovery. But, uh, yeah, it was weird. My my family, just nobody drank. My dad drank like a Budweiser on the weekends and, and never seen my mom take a sip in her life. And my brothers, like, you know, just doing, does did life by the book. And I guess I just had different plans. <laughs>
0: It happens, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's funny how that works out. Cause it's like by all, st- I guess statistics, I should have been, you know, a drunk too, just the way I was raised. But it's, you know, just seeing that shit, I just didn't want to be a part of it. And, you know, it's.
1: Yeah. It's good. You stopped the cycle there.
0: Cause it's definitely a, a hereditary thing, you know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I did a lot more bad stuff, I guess physically bad stuff growing up, especially being a teenager. Cause my sister, uh, you know, got in trouble for drinking and doing some drugs and, you know, some pills and all that. But me, I just got in trouble just destroying shit, like destroying property and
1: <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> I,
0: I was not um Oh God, let's just say probably the worst thing I ever did, and I still feel bad about it to this day. Um God, I was such a dumb kid and I wasn't high or drunk or anything, you know, stone cold sober. Um, my friend and I just went and completely decimated a church play playground. Oh. We like destroyed the fuck out of it. <laughs> God, probably the worst thing we I've ever done. Just, you know, that church didn't do anything, but I was just like, you know, fuck that church. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> testosterone is a hell of a drug also. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man.
1: yeah uh being destructive uh there's a story that i i I can't tell but me and hot sauce uh we went to high school together you know we were good friends and we yeah we had some destructive times in our days it's like for no reason just because we're bored shitty teenagers and you know the people who suffered from it didn't deserve it at all but you know that's just how it happened i guess (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> our favorite time of year was Christmas time because, Oh my, we would destroy so many Christmas decorations. I feel bad looking back on it now, but at the time it was funny. Um, I did get a little bit of karma kicking my ass one time because there was one time we were, it was one of the nights we were going around destroying Christmas decorations and I went to go destroy, like just pull down some Christmas lights from a part of their house or something. And one of the, I, s- something happened like the, the Christmas lights sparked and my hair caught on fire <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, and I'm just fucking freaking out. I'm like, ah, my hair. And my friends just, you know, laughing his ass off, not doing anything. And I'm just, you know, patting my head down and running around. <laughs> and Oh my God.
1: Oh, that is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it was, <laughs> It's it's funny as hell looking back in it but I'm just like, oh, it fucking hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. That actually reminds yeah. me I need to uh
0: make an amends to
1: some lady in my town cuz I totally destroyed their Christmas decorations. I'm like, man, I should <laughs> I should go like, I mean, this was like 10 years ago, but I was like, man, I should go like buy some lights and just like put them on their porch and run away. You know. <laughs> open door, I, what are you doing? I'm just giving you lights, bye. You
0: know? <laughs> what the hell? If I remembered all the people I did that to, I'd probably do something similar. But I, I'd probably go broke if I did that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I
1: can't, I can't do everybody. That's that's way way beyond my scope. But uh, <laughs> I just remember specifically it was a it was a very nice setup, and we just destroyed it because you know it's I mean where I live isn't uh I live right outside San Diego, um <clears throat> so it's you know kind of has a little bit of a small town uh, feel to it. How many people? My girlfriend just walked in. How many people live here? Like seventy thousand, seven, oh, uh, ninety hey, million. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm horrible with numbers. Anyways, it's you know, not it's not huge. It's not like San Diego, which has like what, like a million or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, it's a little bit of a small town, so you know, you're just bored as a kid and you just find shitty things to do.
0: Yeah, it was um When I think back on it now, when we used to pop those giant snowmen, you know, the inflatable snowmen. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel bad because I I go to look at Christmas decorations now and see how expensive those things are. I'm just like, oh, fuck, man. I'm such an asshole for doing that. Yeah. I
1: mean,
0: it's it's easy to patch them up, but still, it's like, fuck, man.
1: Oh, yeah, because, like, the people take pride in that. Like, my uncle's one of those guys who just does the whole yard up, and everything's perfect, and they got to be set, like, a certain way. And, like, yeah. yeah, that would be horrible if somebody just came and ruined it all, you know? Especially if I have to help him. That would make me even more pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, God, we're we're terrible teenagers.
1: yeah. Yeah, man, it happens. But, you know, at least it gives us some perspective now um, on life, you know, that that's 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 not how we we want to be in our lives now. No, 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 no.
0: No, Trust me, there's there's times where I want to do destructive shit, but I'm just like, well, fuck, I'd get arrested. I'd lose my job, you know, all these consequences. yeah i know right it's bullshit man but
1: but if nothing else man uh you and i probably got some really good stories i could i could do actually we did do a whole podcast because we didn't have anything to talk about one week and we just told stories for like two hours you know just stories of us growing up and i'm sure it was just you know not that entertaining to everybody else but you know we had a good time laughing about it
0: oh yeah and that's if you guys make it interesting you know among yourselves you know i'm sure the listeners enjoyed it. i don't know was that an older episode or
1: yeah i want to i, I want to say it was i don't even remember it must have been one of the earlier on ones like episode 19 i want to say it was ode to heavy meta or something like that
0: but uh Oh, okay yeah i, I can't remember what episode i started listening to you guys at But But
1: there's like some stories where like, I've heard it a million times and just the way like hot sauce tells it, like he's a good storyteller. And I'm like, just, just tell it again. Just tell it again. I love that story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I know exactly what you mean.
1: It's like some of those stories, like I wasn't even there and I tell people that story. That's how great it is. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I know what you mean. Um, Yeah, man. No, I really enjoy what you guys do on your podcast and uh, just keep it up and... It's um, it's awesome. It's um, I actually look forward to it whenever it comes out, and I'm just like, ooh, if lands a kills out, all right. It's like, well, shit, my oh no, good thing my commute is about an hour long, so I get to at least hear about an hour for, on it, you know, going there and back.
1: Perfect, yeah, man. Uh, being on MTG Cast and we're not really anywhere else, or I think Hot Sauce put us on some other. I think Shout Engine is the where we upload it to and it gets put on iTunes or whatever. But MTG Cast is like kind of the the smaller MTG cast community just because um you know once I feel like once you get big, then you kind of move on from MTG cast. So yeah. I, I always like to give shout outs to some of the, the newer cast that I listen to, um like like you and the um like i said what was their name shit they're so great i just forgot their name uh the tryhards and uh there was a really good commander cast called uh junk rares unfortunately they went on hiatus and they haven't been back but uh you know it's like we're the small guys and uh we need to kind of support each other because we're just kind of doing this for fun but it's also fun to actually have listeners too so
0: oh yeah no and i agree with that um like I said, I, I check MTG casts almost every day and it's like I said earlier, I get excited when there's a new one out and I'll listen to them if it's good. It's, um, I can be pretty picky when it comes to especially podcast, especially magic, the gathering podcast. Cause like I said, before, it just seems like there's so many that just talk about the same exact thing, especially when spoiler season is around. It's like, I don't need to hear about you know Kaladesh spoilers for the twentieth time, right? And all that. It's that's why I didn't do any Kaladesh spoilers at all. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't think I did at least. Um,
1: I'm super picky when it comes to MTG podcasts, and I wish I wasn't because, you know, despite me wanting to support these uh these other podcasts and give them shout outs it's like i don't want to give a shout out to a you know hey go listen to this podcast i think it's crap you know like that's not (laughs) that's not cool so um i'm just super picky like the quality i understand if you're new and just kind of getting into it you have to learn about the equipment and what to do right and how to uh do the editing and and all that stuff all the behind the scenes stuff like we recently just got like the uh you know we started out with like a little college re- handheld recorder and we just set it in the middle of the table and we all just started talking and it sounded decent and so we went with it and now we have a uh an audio interface and we just got uh boom mics that clamp to the table so um because the idiots uh, so and crow and hot sauce they like to like look away from the mic and talk and <laughs> me being an audio guy I'm like You know that's like you you I can't you're making the levels all fucked up because then you turn back and you're all loud then you turn to the side and you know it's it's super low and leveling can only do compression can only do so much and uh, so with these new boom mics um, it's it's helped them realize that hey uh maybe i should face the microphone when i talk um <laughs> or, or it's the best when they like get up to go get a drink and they're like walking through the garage and they start talking i'm like you're not you're like 10 feet away from the mic <laughs> what do you think you're doing you jackass um but yeah so there's uh there's some other good casts on mtg casts, and uh I'm just a little picky. I end up like hating one of the guys for some reason. I'm like, "Oh, his jokes are stupid and I hate the sound of his voice." And it's like the guy did nothing wrong. You know, it's just like me being yeah. judgy and stuff. Um,
0: I know exactly what you mean because I'm very similar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, I mean, MTG Cast is a blessing for I mean, for the whole MTG community. I wish I could pay like a monthly donation to them. Unfortunately, um all my extra money goes to to magic, um, but uh if anybody out there can, I would suggest donating to them because uh, I mean it's not free what they're doing for us, the podcasters, it's free. We don't have to pay anything, yeah, uh, but to actually maintain MTG cast and all the server space and all that, um, it's not free. And I know um I think quite speculation picked up MTG cast not that long ago uh, to help them oh, out. Did it? I think some, some website like that, I forget. Um, but
0: they, st- they think you're right. Is it quiet speculation?
1: I want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, it
1: is. And it's also cool. Uh, they give, they give us numbers from like our listeners. Like they don't have to do that, but you know, every month, uh, sometimes it's a little late, but, uh,
0: for yeah, it's been month. late for a little while. I haven't seen one in a while.
1: Yeah. And, um, so they'll give us numbers just to say like, oh hey, you know, when you guys first started, you were getting two hundred listeners, when now you're getting X amount of listeners. And you know, I, I don't know how many of those uh are from auto downloads. Um, but it's still nice to know like roughly like how many listeners you're getting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. It's um that's what I like about Shout Engine. They give you really good stats of you know, downloads and unique downloads and all that stuff. Right. They really show into that. Um, no, And I, I like MTG cast. It's um, I was, I was happy to be a part of it when they accepted me. Um, and it's talking about the whole audio qualities. I've learned so much. Like I, I was completely ignorant of any audio editing and all that before doing this podcast. And even now I'm learning new stuff every time I do an episode because, you know, I always want to make it sound better. I always want to, and I'm, I'm my own worst critic. Like a lot of people are to themselves and I'll listen to, I'll try to listen to almost every episode I do just to not the entire thing, but just more, maybe the first 10, 15 minutes to see, oh, you know maybe I need to stop doing the ums and uhs and the you knows right and also try to look for the audio quality as well because I'm always trying to better that also
1: yeah I try and listen to all of our episodes and I try and pretend like I'm a new listener and if the episode would turn me off from listening to more episodes. And That's I don't know. A neat I, way of thinking about it. I think we're pretty hilarious, so I think there's kind of a bias there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there have been uh, issues to where we start talking over one another, and that doesn't make for a good podcast. Um, so we we've tried to work on that a lot, like you know on on our end of the audio quality. Um, but as for the the post production stuff, um, I know Chewy from uh, Monday Night Magic and the Manipool He's a good yeah. he's a good resource uh for uh audacity information if if uh anybody out there uses audacity to record their podcast um I believe he had he was like on a panel for podcasting and he he was able to answer uh a lot of questions I'm not sure exactly where that's available to download but just you know if you email him he's he's willing to help out he helped me out a lot in the beginning and so um You know, it just shows that the people at MTGCast really, really care. You know, there's not just, uh, you know, just it's not just a website. It's just fellow magic players and magic podcasters who care.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, I mean, I haven't had too much interaction with him, but the times where I've had to ask questions or anything, he's been, you know, definitely quick to respond to me with any questions or anything like that. And, um, yeah, man, um, it's getting to be way past midnight for me and, um, <laughs> I need to I definitely need to hit the bed and wake up early. I've got work in a couple hours actually.
1: Yeah. It's so, only been, uh, you know, three hours, you know, it's,
0: it's not bad. <laughs> it's, um, I know, I know I'll get some complaints about the length of the episode cause I'm, cause I've been doing too many things. 2 to 3 hour episodes lately. They've been all about an hour for the most part, but now nah, whatever. If they get this far, good job. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do what you want. If they can't handle it, then you know, I don't know, keep listening.
0: <laughs> Please. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed this um I'd be happy to have you on again and just bullshit. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: uh, thank you so much for having me. It, it was, it was an honor to, to have you ask me and, um, you know, if, uh, you need any help, uh, guest stars or magic stuff, or maybe I can even get, you know, one or two of the other guys over here. And, uh, you know, we're definitely, uh, appreciative of all your support for our
0: cast. Yeah, man, that'd be really awesome to try to do something like that. Um, do you want to plug anything like Twitter uh, podcast? If you have a podcast, I don't know. Or.
1: Um, I've, I've been thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my Twitter is at knife underscore city. Um, the, the part podcast I am a part of is if lands could kill, uh, you can find us on Twitter at if lands could kill with only one L because that's too many letters. um, Is it really just one L? Yeah, it's just one L. Oh, shit, it is. (laughs) I've never noticed that. Hot Sauce made it, and he's like, well, we could only fit one L. I was like, well, why didn't you put, like, I-L-C-K and not the whole thing? And so it's this whole embarrassing thing. So if you guys out there want to tweet uh, at Hot Sauce and and make fun of him, that would be great. Um, But uh, you can tweet at kill. It's usually Hot Sauce on there answering um, for the the cast. But... uh, yeah, and we're all over the place. And um <clears throat> since uh you are knowledgeable about um recording over the internet, which we are not, we record in person. Uh maybe you can help me figure out sometime um how to get you on our podcast. Uh if we could figure that out technologically, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, if I'm definitely gonna be working around this Zencaster. I mean The Zencaster seems to be pretty damn good when I had to stop the recording earlier. It recorded the two separate tracks, my track and your track, and it recorded it not in WAV file, but MP3, though. That's the only downside I don't like, but I can understand why they did MP3 and not WAV because it would be way too big for their servers. But, I mean, yeah, so far this program seems to work a ton better than the Skype program I was using. So... Maybe we could try this again if you want me to come on.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm. I've always been curious if I could figure it out myself. So uh, maybe with a little a little guidance, um, I could figure out how to set it all up to where we can have uh, actual guests that aren't in the room with us. Yeah,
0: man. No, I'll let you know how this works. Cool. And um. Oh, uh, let. Uh, yeah yeah it was hot sauce that sent me the card um let him know that i still have his badger card that he made me his (laughs) the badger altar i've got i've actually still got it tucked away in one of my binders i actually have it sleeved and everything (laughs) (laughs) nice i'm I'm not i'm never taking that out (laughs) because it's awesome
1: (laughs) that is the uh unofficial uh mascot of the podcast is charging badger
0: so yeah and it's the best badger (laughs) yeah it's a tremendous badger yes
1: it is much better than the honey badger
0: (laughs) yes um no because i'm gonna keep that card and you know one day when i'm old my kids are going through or my grandkids are going through the cards like oh what's this charge badger like well let me tell you they're little timmy
1: all right why does it have dicks all over it
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah that that's never coming out of my binder nice but all right man uh thank you for coming on again really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun and um yeah i gotta get to bed it's almost 1 a.m for me
1: yeah go get some (laughs) sleep and thank you for having me on again man
0: all right have a great night
1: all take care all right bye bye